Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast. It's just the gruesome twosome this week. That's uh, just me and Henry. As always, I'm Mordak, a.k.a. Charlie, or I'm not sure what order those are supposed to go into, joined by Henry, a.k.a. Nomad Har, a.k.a. I am blanking on your other name you Bracken go by. Zero yes. is right there on the Discord. I'm man. not looking at the Discord right now. <laughs> that requires a certain level of professionalism, I fully admit to lacking. But yes, Alex is out for... He's out on assignment, as we often joke when he's... When most can't make the podcast. But yes! Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, a podcast about video games. Uh, I don't know. We haven't said that in a while. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's been. It, it feels like a long. It, it feels like it was an unbelievably long time since last episode, but it's also only been like the normal amount of times in between podcasts. But I'm uh, like looking at my list of like, holy shit, I played some stuff this week. Yeah, I I did a good bit of stuff myself, but it's just like. Yeah, I guess in some ways it did feel a little bit longer. I think it's also because there's a lot of, I mean, outside of game news, there's a lot of, you know, crazy, crazy stuff going on, like, just even in our state, in California. So Yeah, the, like, the fires have not been my favorite thing going on right now. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of, you know, what I'm referring to mainly is like, yeah, half our state is, feel, is like on fire right now. Real, like... It's real weird. And just, yeah, yeah, really, you know, fuck, fucked up and terrible. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I was outside yesterday. And it's the first time we've had a pink sky in like a week, and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot the sky is blue and not weirdly pink. Yeah, I hate it. Those don't know what I'm talking about. When we have really bad forest fires in California, the sky turns pink and the Moon looks like the blood moon from Bloodborne, or like every anime ever with an evil moon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's spooky, but also kind of cool, and then you get sick of coughing all the goddamn time. Yeah. Yeah. I... That's the thing, the air quality also, it's like, you know, outside of you know, the other terrible things, it does mess up the air quality. Oh, yeah. For, for even as far down as, you know, it's mainly in the north, but it reaches... LA. I was explaining that to someone where, like, it's like, oh, is there a fire nearby? No, the state's just on fire. But it's not close to you. No, but it carries. Like, yeah. What happens in NorCal tends to kind of fuck us up down here in SoCal, too. Yep. Well, you want to go first this week, or should I? Because I, I have played many a thing. Um, maybe, maybe I'll go first, and then okay. we can kind of flow into what you've been Yes, because there is always the destiny overlap. Yep. Alright, so, uh, well, among other things, I played some uh, Don't Starve Together, which is, uh, it, well, it came, it's, a, it's the sort of expansion of Don't Starve, and it's the multiplayer version of Don't Starve, where you can start a server, essentially, if you I'm want. I'm kind of surprised you like that game. Really? I, for some reason, I didn't think you were into kind of that style of game, but I don't, I, maybe I'm wrong. It's I, I also a roguelike. Yeah, I Basically. guess that one. Yeah, so it's all you're, you. It changes every time you play it. So I mean, it's very much down my alley in a lot of ways. I don't do a lot of the building games. Like I have a very neglected Stardew Valley thing, <laughs> and uh, and I play Minecraft only very occasionally anymore. There's even though that's been regularly updated with all sorts of stuff for quite some time now, and. 
I have my you know I have I bought it a long time yeah. ago, so it's like I still own it like the full version of it. But yeah, um, but yeah, I, I was playing Don't Starve Together. Uh, <clears throat> hit the wall at day thirty whenever the uh, big big monster ice monster comes and like pretty much destroys everything, unless you're super ready for him. Yeah, I not good enough at. Yet it, it having everything made fast enough where I can actually battle him successfully. So it's like, yeah, I'm hitting a real hard ball at day thirty. Up to day thirty, though, I've been fine. But yeah, that's uh, that's when you really need to have some of the advanced weaponry made, or else you're just gonna get utterly annihilated really quickly. And the thing is, he'll also he also comes through and destroys all your stuff. So yeah. You need to have a lot of stuff stored up and uh, ready to kind of rebuild. My issue with that game are... is I am always like, I, with those types of I'm always like aggressively ambitious and I push way too hard to try and get stuff done. And I, I, I can never like slow down. I'm like, okay, cool, get this one thing done. I'm like, no, I have to do five things in a day because I want to starve to death. It's like, no, you, you can, you, you can let this one play itself out a little bit more than you are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just kind of. Well, the main thing that I've been running into a lot of is, holy crap, like, finding boulders can be a real thing, because you need rock and gold, especially. Like, you run out of, like, you almost never find gold. If you aren't finding boulders anywhere, you get screwed out of, like, like, that's one of the things that's gotten in the way of me kind of building, like, advanced stuff, is I can't find the materials. Literally yeah. can't find the materials anywhere. It's like, I can't find any places with boulders that have anything more than just rocks in them. You need the other type of boulders that have a that have high chances of having other stuff in yeah. them, not just rock. The rock, only rock, can only carry you so far. So, I've, it's been a long time since I touched Don't Starve. Does Don't Starve do the kind of somewhat annoying bullshit thing of, oh, these aren't boulders, they're set-dressing rocks? No. Okay, I couldn't remember if that was one of the games. It's just I was that it, of. it has boulders that are like, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, there are a couple of different types of boulders, and one only has rock, and those are like, yeah, you need a lot of rock to make a lot of things, but also you need fucking gold yeah. and some other and the other kind of other things you can possibly get out of other types of boulders, or else you can't make anything, you can't advance, and that's what's really been the sticking point for me, but. It would also be a lot easier if I would actually play online, and I haven't really done that very much. Um, um, a part of why I started playing the game, actually, uh, or pl started playing it again, I guess I should say, um, uh, and uh, I was, uh, alright, so I, there's a streamer that I watch named Cypherin, and, uh, yeah, it was, was it Cypherin? No, 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 it was somebody else. I think it was Vanish Man. Uh, now I can't remember. Like playing. Trust me, I don't know. Uh, no, no, I'm just trying to think about myself. But no, in any case, like a streamer I was watching was playing it and just kind of inviting people to also play. I think it was Cypher. Uh, uh, inviting other people to kind of play, join his server, and I'm just really bad. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I, I, I've gotten a lot. I've gotten better, but I was still kind of. I hadn't played in ages, so I was just like really rusty and kind of starved to death on a server. I knew that was not even a thing I sh you know needed to have. But 
the that was yeah i was just kind of not paying attention which one's the eat food button which one's the eat food button yeah but yeah um but yeah i was uh and, and that was really like other than destiny that was really the main game i played um, I also watched a lot of games played, so yeah, I'll just you know mention uh, Summer Games Done Quick, which is benefiting Doctors Without Borders, raised over two point three million for Doctors Without Borders. MSF is that over at this known. point, or is that still technically ongoing? No, it's over. Okay, it, I was doing those last, last weekend night. This weekend, yeah, because I was what kind of watching? I had two streams open at the time. So I was kind of watching that, but not really because the last game I'm not it was Pokemon Shield, and I'm not super interested in that game. I game it's not a series. I've kind of mentioned it before. Pokemon, I kind of missed the craze. It was it's not a you yeah. Know, a, you would be just a little bit too old for that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was in college when it came yeah. out. Yeah, I was in my twenties when it came out. So it's like at, well, at least when it hit the U.S. And so I was like. Yeah, I'm. I knew some people still my age who got, who got into it, but I never really did. But I I didn't get in, you know, and I was definitely didn't get into some of the later stuff or yeah. kind of also stuff around the same time like uh, Digimon or Yu-Gi-Oh or. Let's not mention Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh while Alex isn't here because he's gonna make fucking <laughs> Shadow Realm jokes next week when he comes back. Yep. <laughs> but in any case, yeah. Um. So I was I was watching the these two streams also the other one i was watching was cypherin who i just mentioned who's a he's a streamer who does mainly a lot of sega games that's one of the reasons i watch um but also just a really chill streamer really uh really kind of hello calm streamer and and so uh, and also very informative about the games he's playing too and he's he's a speedrunner as well he speedruns several games a lot of Sega games there again, um, and uh, well, <laughs> I was watching his stream when he got raided by the GDQ stream. Okay, so what the fuck does that mean? I there's a bunch of fifty thousand people roll into your stream in this case, is when you raid a stream from another stream. Usually, it's like when the other stream's ending, and now it's an official thing you can do on Twitch for a while now, where you can just like press the raid button. And you automa- you auto host you you'll it's a host you host them uh, with a sort of a raid uh, a very it's a very directed and pur- purposeful host of another stream. So uh, GDQ decided to raid his stream because he was one of these speedrunners. I guess they'll still sort of awake and still streaming. And all of a sudden, I was there and just like it just gets absolutely annihilated. <laughs> Like, uh, it, it caused his laptop to kind of, kind of crash a bit. Jesus. Which he uses, it, but luckily that wasn't the mainstream. It was because his lap, he uses his laptop for chat. Yeah. Um, and I guess some other stuff maybe uh, that he's kind of cracking his stream with. But, but yeah, um, GDQ raided him, and it's just like all of a sudden fifty thousand people are on his stream. And he's like, "Well, now I'm awake," and he's just, it was just, it was really cool because he's a really great streamer. He's actually done runs at GDQ before. Um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to th- remember what he ran. What was it that he ran? Might have, I don't think, what was it? Was it, Shino- was it Shinobi 3? But that's one of the games he does run. He runs the, the several games to Shinobi. He was working on Shinobi Legion when they came over, which is the one for the Saturn, and it's 
It's a real weird game. Uh, Shinobi Legions is basically if you mix Tokusatsu type of, you know, like Power Rangers with Shinobi. Is the costumes and sort of the dialogue and the action are real reminiscent of Power Rangers or like a Masked Rider, stuff like that. So, but it's it, it also he afterwards after he practiced that several times he kind of showed off some of the other speed runs which uh, uh, include Spider Man, uh, Spider Man versus the Kingpin for the Genesis, a really early title but really good actually. Yeah, um, showed off. Gargoyles, and uh, and Batman and Robin, which is a really good Genesis game with great music. But um, yeah, also one of the funny things that happened. All right, so he has he uses Streamlabs alerts, and what and he's a he's a big Spider-Man fan among other things. Sure. And so all of his alerts are Spider-Man related, and one of them for following him. Is Spider Man one of Spider Man's win quotes from Marvel vs. Capcom, which is one for JJ, which is talking about J. Jonah Jameson, the greatest reporter in all of comic book history. Yeah, I'm yeah, familiar. Uh, him uh, taking pic, basically, it's the one where he takes a picture yep. kind of, of himself. Is like one for JJ. So you just hear one for JJ being repeated, like forever, infinitely. <laughs> it's a lot of people rolling in, and they're just like, oh yeah, follow. So it's just like one for JJ, one for JJ, one for JJ, <laughs> literally being repeated forever. He muted it for a while, then turned it back on. But yeah, it was just one for JJ, one for JJ. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was. Uh, I thought he was just completely overwhelmed and overjoyed. Just, uh, but yeah, I, was, I thought that was really cool. But kind of. Weird that that was the stream that I was actually watching at the time, and all of a sudden, like, they because they always announce, yeah, we're gonna, they always raid somebody afterwards. No. GDQ always raids somebody after they're done, and and it just, yeah, and yeah, he got raided and got raided like super big time. <laughs> yeah, you, when you have, uh, you you ended up on the front page of Twitch because of it, because it's just like, well, when you have like twenty thousand people watching you. Is a quite a few actually remained around to watch him kind of show off some of his or or demonstrate some of his other uh, speed runs that he's already kind of done and kind of has records in and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it was real cool. But yeah, um, but yeah, to the last kind of crossover thing, I played my first Destiny Two raid, or at least played through one all the way through one, uh, Eater of Worlds. Which is apparently one of the easier ones. There yeah, some... it's it's one of the two raid layers, which is a I don't know a condescending title you can use to be like technically you haven't done a real raid yet. But I'm not sure if Scourge or Eater is is easier at this point. Really, it's it's a cool activity. It's a cool thing though. Yeah, uh, that's me to so... see the Destiny community assholes for a second. I apologize. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, it's one of the somewhat easier ones. Like, none of the encounters are terribly difficult if everybody's just armed up with decent weapons. The um, hard mode version of it is a bitch. Yeah, we well, we played partially through the hard mode version of it just to get the Telesto Catalyst. But yeah, uh, played we played through it. Um, took a few times to get the final boss, but 
we we finally got it down. It's a cool final boss. Did anyone do the uh, weird uh, cutscene glitch you can do with it? No, I don't uh, think we did. So there's a platform you can stand in there when that final boss spawns in. Whatever remote you're doing when you start the cutscene, you're doing in the cutscene. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, I don't think any of us did that, but yeah, the, uh, uh, the, the, you know, there's a small jumping puzzle in it, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah. You just have to kind of have a bit of coordination, and that's pretty much it. Or just patience part. and anything, yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, but yeah, the boss of that, yeah, it, it's an, it's a cool idea, and it does require a lot of teamwork, basically split into three groups, yep. and then you all kind of come together to do damage and have one person trying to clear all the mobs and stuff, ads and stuff, and uh, but I we we did hear about one thing we none of us actually did it where, um, gosh, which sniper rifle is it that shoots a beam and that reflects off the surfaces? Borealis, maybe. Um, possibly. Sleeper I forget. simulant. I think it might have been no. I think it's sleeper stimulant. Simulant, okay, that's uh, not a sniper simulant. rifle, technically, but yes. Um, or, no, 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 a, uh, what's it called? A linear fusion rifle. I think. Yeah, that'd be um, sleeper. It, yeah. Uh, where you fire it, and it fires a beam that re reflects off the surfaces. Well, apparently, if you can fire one in at the boss as it's closing its door, then it starts reflecting inside of there for quite a while. Uh. And it will mess the boss up pretty hard, but it just it just requires very good timing to get it off in yeah. time. But yeah, apparently that will just like it'll reflect for a good bit and do quite a bit of damage. But no, we didn't do that. We 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 played the boring way, the normal way. Yeah, the, the way my clan handles that is divinity and xenophage for the boss damage. Yeah, um, yeah, we uh. And also, if you just bring some of the charged heads over or whatever, those also do a good bit of yeah. uh, damage. Uh, do a good, very good bit of damage. But yeah, it did. We did have a few wipes, but um, as is normal with raid. Yeah, but in the end, we we pulled it off, and it was yeah, it was actually well, congrats. pretty cool. Yeah. So now I've done a raid. It was through the one hundred one dot io. I think I and, mentioned uh, before, they are fantastic. And with a group called Blackfire, specifically. And yeah, it went yeah it went pretty well, and I'm probably going to do another one, uh, or not tomorrow, Tuesday, which is when I did the last Yeah, one. the reset. That's when a lot of yeah. raid happened. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, probably do another one. Um, maybe it'll be another Leviathan-themed one or whatever. But the only one I'd large. recommend staying away from is Spire. Mostly because uh, that one is nightmare fuel. Well, yeah, it was. It was. It was cool to actually do a full raid because, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think this was a better one to start on because it is definitely easier. Like the other one, we tried like wipes really easy. I on the very we first were having thing. issues with scourge I had never seen before. I well, it was. It was that was with reconnecting, but even just outside of that, like, I think it's really harsh to start on a raid that's basically like, if you do a thing wrong, you all wipe well, on the very first encounter. So, and that's maybe raids versus the raid layers, technically. That's 
pretty normal for the majority of raids in that game that the they start with a thing you can wipe oh, on. Oh yeah, no. Um, I'm I'm going through my head right now. You the wipe mechanic for um, God, what's it called? Uh, all of Leviathan has wipe mechanics technically. Um, I'm talking about on the very first encounter. Yeah, no, uh, every single encounter in. As a timed wipe thing? Uh, not you know, not necessarily a timed thing, but yeah, typically a timed thing. Yeah, Crown definitely has a timed wipe thing. Uh, Scourge obviously has a timed wipe thing. Normal Leviathan. Every encounter has a timed wipe thing, technically. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going through my head now. Trying On the to... very first? I'm talking very first yes, encounter. Yes, no, I, well, Leviathan's different because the very first encounter for Leviathan's a weird topic because you have the Castellum and then you have the actual encounters, and I don't think you can wipe in Castellum technically, but I'd also not call Castellum an encounter. That's the whole kind of me, 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 depending how you think of it, kind of argument. Um, it's also going through my head now. What's the first encounter of Eater again? I'm trying to remember. I'm like, I mean, it's just enemies and the jump puzzles, really. I mean. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to remember what that what I think of as the first real mechanic of that. Because, or what I first think what I think of as the first real encounter because the jumping puzzle definitely. Uh, yeah, no, because um, what's it called? Uh, Wish definitely the first one has a wipe mechanic for it. That timed wipe mechanic that like that's built into it even. Um, yeah, no, uh, instant wipe mechanics is pretty normal for every encounter of every raid. I'm I'm just saying for the first encounter that you raised. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm saying every raid has a wipe mechanic, timer based, built into the every major encounter. Um, Eater of Worlds doesn't. It's as a, I remember. That, that's my distinction. It's a layer technically. Like it's it's a little bit different. The, what were what are labeled the kind of true labels are dumb bullshit. Like uh, Scourge definitely does. Last Wish definitely does. Leviathan definitely does, if you don't count Castellum, but I think you can wipe in Castellum, I just never have done that. Castellum's just weird. Um, yeah, the, the only two that don't have it by that measure are Spire and Eater, and... No, even Spire has it. I think it's just Eater that doesn't have it in the first encounter. Is really, the first thing you do in uh, Eater of Worlds is the jump... is the jumping puzzle. Yeah, but also... And then you just have sort of a, a bunch of Cabal attack you, and that's pretty yeah, much it. it. You're running into kind of the conversation of what is Eater at the end of the day. Like, it's from a Destiny rating encounters, you don't really hit an encounter to the first, uh, to your cracking the shields on that thing. That's kind of more typical of a Destiny raid. But the other stuff, is, I'm not, and again, I'm trying to knock the other stuff like that. The mob survival thing, whether it's just defending those points, that's not, like, not nothing. It's just different. Yeah, I, yeah. Timed wipe mechanics are pretty typical for almost every raid. Maybe not that one, but also that one's got... Does Cracking the Shield have a wipe mechanic? I'm pretty sure it does. Um, It's hard to trigger, but I think it's got one. Um, yeah, there is an eventual one. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the last encounter is... I mean, it does have a... Uh, well, it's also well, before, like when you're... But, but there's something before that yeah, the where one... you have the mines that you have to take care of. Yeah, that one also So they're not mechanic. timed. Yeah, they are. It's not a timed overall yeah, encounter, it but it's timed per the mines. No, no, it's also timed overall. 
It's just a giant time. It, it's it has a gigantic time frame. Yeah. The uh. Well, oh yeah. Yeah. Overall, the I guess there is. But, yeah. yeah. It's. Yeah, I think I was gonna say I think even that has an enraged mechanic technically. But yeah, that I think it just yeah it has a very long time run it yeah. so. Uh, but mainly, the mines are more likely to go off before if you mess up, yeah. rather than the it completely yeah. time out. Nah, and most jumping areas don't have a wipe mechanic. Yeah, I guess yeah. Depending how you think about the first real encounter for that thing is that jumping section, isn't it? Like that's the first yep. chunk of it. Yep. Yeah. Where you? I mean, that's where the first chest happens, basically, yeah. as well. Yeah. That's either though. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably do another raid on Tuesday. Yeah, I would recommend steering clear of, of Spire of Stars as long as you can. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They mentioned a few ideas, but I'm not sure if that one was included, but yeah. I, Scourge really is the easiest raid in the game, I think. Like, it's got some nuances you have to learn. There's one kind of middle section that's a problem, but it really is one of the easier chunks of the game. One of the easier raids in the game, kind of your once you get used to it, I guess. Like, yeah, it's it's either a scourge hands down that's the easiest of those things. I guess more more user friendly because they both can go totally foobar on you if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of nice to actually like. I, I know I, the, the the activity of raiding is one of the best things in Destiny. You feel good after you get it done. You're like, yeah, we did the thing. But yeah, I do notice that the uh, Blackfire crew. Which is the kind of group yeah. crew that I kind of did this one with. Um, they do a lot. They do quite all. They do these quite often. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of nice to. Yeah, and the one hundred and one is a uh, fairly easy to use. Not bad. At I all, like so. it. Yeah. So There's yeah, that cool. wasn't. Yeah, not a not a big deal to use it. Pretty easy to use. So that's also nice. Um, a couple years back, and, they finally got an app, and that made the interface way better. Yeah, I, and I use the and I yeah I've been using the app, so yeah, um, yeah I'll probably use it also maybe to find a uh, like a nightfall the ordeal run possibly as well. Well, the first two levels of that should be match made. Uh, well, um. But you're not necessarily going to get match made with people that know what they're doing. Yeah, it's the ordeal, though. You can kind of knuckle through it pretty easily, though. Yeah, I'm trying to get a hundred thousand, though. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that, that you want to crew for. So you know, you want people who know what they're doing. If yeah, that you want to crew for definitely. Yeah. So shall we talk a little bit about Destiny? Oh, uh, we can talk more about Destiny. Absolutely, there's no Alex to stop us this week. Um, <laughs> it's on the opposite end of the spectrum of doing new things. I uh. I finished off that trials bullshit we talked about the other week. Um, trials, not trials, solstice. I I, I have solstice. all three of the majestic armors. They glow. I use my bright <laughs> dust by the uh, elemental glow for my hunter. It's got some cool ass uh, neon purple horns right now, which I'm not saying make the thing totally worth it because they don't. But at least it's a cooler glow than last year's was. So I'm <laughs> I'm not too upset about that. I. I finished off the moment of triumph for this year's seal. I have the um, it's MMXX title now or whatever it's called. That's fun to have. And for those who are kind of keeping track of those things or play Destiny, they go, "Wait, that means you played Trials." And yeah, I 
Played some Trials. I, I did the thing that I have said I do not like to do in Destiny, which is to play the Trials of Osiris, and I... I still will never play Trials on PC. I made a group next week with my clan to do some just for fun Trials, I think. Like, I... Maybe it's when you get to the end game, you catch a sickness where you really want to do all of the things, but I yeah. I have not enjoyed Destiny in some ways as much as I did when I was playing Trials. Admittedly, I was playing with two unbelievably good PvP players. Um, Shoutouts to them, so they definitely were kind of making it more fun. We, we, almost got to, we almost got to flawless, honestly. Like, we got to five without losing, and then kind of shit fell apart for a variety of reasons, but it was neat to do that well in trials and trials is a thing i don't get me wrong this is not moored getting way into pvp and destiny that that whole topic is still trash but i i, I played the trials it's it is a thing you can do solstice still sucks but it's weird talking to people while you're playing trials about how fucked up the you have to play trials part of that whole um moment of triumph thing is it's like yeah this is it's a little bit fucked. I'm like, yeah, it really is a little bit fucked. AR spam is also a real thing, which that seems like a whole bizarre nightmare for that thing. That like, it's very weird playing hmm? AR spam. What do you mean? So there are Salt rifle. You mean? Yeah. Uh, there are certain activities in the game. I think like certain raids, definitely trials and Gambit Prime that kind of do a very good job of revealing where the true meta of that game type is, or, like, where certain parts of that game just absolutely break on each other, and Trials definitely has the thing going on where if you have all three of your teammates shooting in the general direction of an enemy with an assault rifle, there's not a lot they can do. And I know it sounds like, oh, that's just any weapon. ARs are especially bad, because you have stuff like Suros, where you're essentially getting rewarded to miss because you keep speeding up those shots. So the time to kill gets real dumb when compared to other, like, higher skill guns like hand cannons and pulses and scouts, where it's like, no, it's... Yeah, like, the, the range and the stability and the not fall off for damage on some of these things is comical, almost, and... Yeah, I... I personally was kind of annoyed with the assault rifles, but also wasn't like, this is a problem until I started doing the trials. Then I'm like, oh yeah, this is a bit of a problem. Yeah, I get why people are a little bit pissed about this in certain parts of this meta, but that's enough about Destiny. I I played kind of two games a lot this week. I guess three, technically. I've started to dabble in Ring Fit Adventure on the Switch. I finally managed to track down a copy, or more like given a copy of it for my birthday, and a, I'm incredibly out of shape, I'm learning, and B, that thing is incredibly mean in a way that you want a fitness video game to be. Uh, it's yeah. no final thoughts on that thing. I'm still kind of figuring out what I think of it. It's If you own a Switch in these times of COVID, you really should probably own that thing. Like, admittedly, like it's, it costs money, and it's a plastic peripheral to have around your house at that point, but like, it's... It is the most workout a video game can give you in some ways, I think. Like, I, as someone who's known people that do, like, DDR for fitness, and I've always been kind of like, I, I, I get that that's definitely a thing, and it's, I'm sure it's technically a version of cardio. This thing makes you feel like you fucking work the fuck out afterwards. Like, it is a, 
it's based off, I guess, off Pilates techniques or something like that. And by the end of it, you're like, at least in my case, and I suspect if you're on higher difficulties because you're in better shape than I am, like, you feel as though you've been to a gym of some kind. And you're like, wow, that's oddly effective for a weird video game peripheral. It works. I've had a couple kind of weird problems with it, I guess, but also that's kind of just me, like, trying to figure out where the correct spot to stand in my living room is to properly use it. Like, it doesn't require a ton of space. I, it feels sturdy enough. My wife thinks the plastic ring feels flimsy, but I also think she's crazy on that topic, where it's like, yes, if you, like, put all of your force in trying to break that thing in half, yeah, it feels flimsy, but also she couldn't do it when she was trying to do that, and I don't know, like, it's it feels good enough, I guess. It's it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. Like the ring fit is of like as someone who is in the taller than five foot eight range, it feels like adequately large for a larger person to hold on to, which Ooh. I'm always kind of afraid of when it comes to peripherals for video game consoles like this, where it's like, no, nah, this is meant for like the mass average of height, and can often feel kind of weird if you're in the five foot ten and up, uh, six foot range of people where it's like, yeah, it's not quite big enough for me anymore. Like, driving wheels are that problem, where it's like, it's like, I swear it's just, it's like, if you made those things, like, about an inch and a half larger in radius, my hands would feel more comfortable around them, but it's like, no, I, I get it. Like, this feels comfortable for 90% of the people out there. It's those monsters in the tall person category. We're like, why is the world tiny? And I'm not even that tall compared to most people. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it, it's a thing. I think they've done a really great job of gamifying Pilates, which is a weird sentence to say. Like, it, it falls in range with those, like, uh, exercise bikes that have, uh, like, a video game gamification. It feels like that orange theory or whatever that gym is that kind of puts everyone's workout routines against each other as part of some social thing, I guess. Like, I, I, I'm normally opposed to, like, uh, insidious gamification of things, but kind of dig it in this case because it gets that video game part of my brain going you know you should work out right but but destiny no no you need to get better scores in ring fit that's where it's at right now that's yeah, the new and, uh, and i think it's important to get people i mean one way or another interested in exercising you know if it, it takes gamification then it takes gamification. no and i I think where this thing is a lot better than a lot of other attempts I've made to kind of get myself back into exercise is it doesn't require me to leave my house. Even like in like even if COVID wasn't happening, I know for me at least, and I know I'm not abnormal in this, like I don't want to have to wake up early in the morning, go work out. And the chance of getting me to do it after work, like unless it's like right next to where I work or like unavoidably on the way home from work, the chance of getting me to stop, go down and down, like the more annoying work gets. And I know, like, it's about getting into that routine and getting into that mindset if it becomes part of your day. And I also advocate that as, like, it's just just go out there and do it. But, like, as an adult with things to do, occasionally, like, things get in the way of that. And it's so easy to break that routine. And I know, like, for some people, it's like, oh, I get, like, addicted to the feeling sensation of that. I wrestled for, like, I wrestled through all of high school and middle school. If I was going to form that relationship with exercise, I would have at one point. I am not a person that ever, like, is like, yeah, I love exercising. I exercise where it's like, yeah, I have to exercise. I hate this. And there's nothing you can do to make me like this more. But the gamification of it seems to improve it some, I guess. I, It's clever. I, I, I like it. Like, let's see how long I stick with it. And I'm seeing, like, major returns on it. I'm not expecting to get swole off of this thing, but 
It's definitely keeping me more active than I would be if I was just kind of at home with it or at home without it kind of thing. Like, and and I think it's important to have a have something that you can do at home for exercise, yeah. especially if you aren't going out a lot like most yep. people are right now. With you know, with the with COVID happening, yeah, it's it's that's the thing. It's like you need to still exercise. Like that is people forget how much they walk. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you know, people forget that you actually you know, if you without even thinking about it, you're walking an awful lot. Yeah. Generally speaking, and people are walking less than they do now because of what's going on because they're wanting to be safer or at least you know you know trying to you know limit the amount that they're you know they're they're going outside so it's like you need still need to get that exercise in that normally you're getting at least some in because you're walking around everywhere and you're just on your feet and you're doing things but yeah uh, i think it's important to have something you can do at home i've developed my own like my own routine body almost entirely body weight yeah. routine that I've been using for like decades at this point <laughs> and uh because I wanted a routine where I could do it at home and I could stay in very not just good shape but in extremely good shape but also always be able to do it wherever I am I could be traveling which I like to travel and I can be traveling and still able to do it in my in a in a hostel or hotel room or whatever yeah. No, no, and I, so, I, I think where this thing yeah. kind of succeeds, where like the Switch or the Wii, I can't remember which one had that like Wii Fit or whatever it was called. That's Wii. Well, it was on the Wii because it's sorry, yeah, the, I meant Fit. the Wii U or the Wii. I couldn't remember which one that one came out for. My it was on the day. Wii. Yeah, like, I, I think that one had kind of a weird barrier to entry on it, simply because, and, and it, no, it feels weird to kind of put a qualifier on this one. That one was hard. If you were not in doing push-up shape, that thing was kind of abrasive to get into, and I'd also argue that like that base level yoga, which was a lot of that stuff was based off of, is a lot kind of more daunting than what this thing is, which is pull the ring, do some silly activities to kind of play this video game. You're good. Like it's it's not that kind of sneaky. You're being tricked into doing fitness thing, which I think is a good thing for this, and I think it makes it a little more approachable in a weird way. I could feel it. It feels like a weird arcade game in a way that I'm not sure other attempts at this have really worked. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it is. A, yeah, I think it just, yeah, I mean, for me, I am a person that exercises yeah. like six days a week. And I do yoga as well on top of like body weight stuff and and I have kettlebells and stuff. But yeah, no, and I, I think this is for people like me that like. I suspect you enjoy the activity of working out. Like, I, I will never be Not someone really. that enjoys it. That's the thing. It's like, I don't really enjoy it. And, and I think I think there can be some good feeling from it and yeah. enjoyment, but it's like, it's a means to an end. I mean, I've talked about this with other people, like my, my flatmate here, who also is very much in exercise and working out and stuff, and... He's like, yeah, most of the time, no, it's not something we enjoy. It's just something we do as a means to an end. Sometimes you get the endorphin rush, yeah. and that is good. It's like, but also it's like, it, you just have to eventually get into the habit of doing things that you don't like when they're necessary for what you need. And, and exercise is one of those things, I believe, that, you know, that it's real easy to 
not do because it's not going to be like bodybuilders don't enjoy bodybuilding they enjoy the benefits they get from it see like, i think like that that whole concept of like fitness addiction that is this now in the modern world, i think that's a much realer thing than people give it credit for but I mean, I exercise six days a week. I'm not addicted to it. Yeah, but you're also it. doing it a more sensible way in some ways. Like, I, I've definitely had at least a coworker or two that went through like exercise with like she hurt herself and then she went through like an exercise withdrawal and she was kind of horrible to be around. It's like, yeah, huh? I mean, it, it, but that may also be like you just weren't getting the um kind of chemical release from other stuff in your life. So I don't know. I'm definitely not an expert in this category. I play fucking Ring Fit Adventure for exercise. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, and I think yeah, it's probably better to have a lower floor that is in a sense to getting into fitness. No, absolutely. And we fit we yeah, because yoga can be very daunting though there is many easier kind of there's easy ways into yoga too. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, like I'm not trying to make the blanket statement of exercise is necessarily inherently intimidating, but I think for a lot of people like what even is the concept of exercise? Like what even constitutes acceptable versions of exercise is a whole existential nightmare question for a mess of people that Ring Fit solves in a relatively elegant way, which is, yo, you want to play this weird arcade video game? I would, Ring Fit. I would. You're going to sweat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, gosh, I don't remember the name of it, but it's like one of my relatives has been doing this thing where it, uh, it's a biking thing. Yeah, it's that's mainly on a cycle. That's what I was talking about. Like it's like a, live video thing. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. It's it's, to, it's it's a company that makes a rowing machine, a bike, and a couple other things that like yeah. has a built-in screen that gives you like, oh, you're 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 biking on this road or something. Yeah, or it does. Well, I'm talking about no, you're biking with other people. It's like Peloton or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. But yeah. It's it's because it's kind of linked in with a internet yeah. thing where. There are regular exercises there where you get on with classes with like hundreds of other people yeah. also doing it. So you're in a virtual class doing it, which some for the structure thing, that's another part of it. Adding a sort of a you, know, you don't lead your own exercise. And that's really like the purpose we fit and for like the, you know, the ring fit thing is it. it it's so you don't have to self-direct your exercise. Yeah. It's easier to sort of have a workout regimen laid out for you, and it's sort of like, here's the thing to do, rather than I have to think about what to do for myself, which is what I do. All of my stuff is just like, nobody's leading my exercise except when I do yoga, when I, and I watch a video to do yoga. Um, I've mentioned before I do DDP yoga. And I have all the DVDs for it. But, yeah, um... Yeah, I think that's the other part of it is having a workout regimen where you can sort of follow it and not have to lead it yourself. I think that's very useful. I think the structure is useful. And also, yeah, it's just it's easier to follow along with something than it is to sort of have to make it up or think it up on your own yeah. along the way. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I played two other games. They'll be a little less kind of existentially interesting than Ring Fit is, I suppose. I, I've started playing this game called, and let me look up the exact name so I get it right, and you know it as the game advertised all over fucking things like Instagram and shit like that. It is called Hero Rescue. It is that bullshit game where you, like, slide keys around to solve some basic mazes. 
It is a terrible ad-filled game that I find oddly addictive to play. I have spent zero money on it, but it's got that. It's a it's a nice fun. I have ten seconds skills to do a quick puzzle on it. It is a fun mindless escape. The phone version of um Lemmings is also similar in the same vein of things. It's surprisingly okay. But what's not okay is the Avengers video game or Marvel's The Avengers. Uh, we've kind of talked about this without having played it, at least on the last two podcasts. I believe I said I was going to play it a couple episodes back and completely forgot with all the Solstice stuff going on. But I have now played Marvel's The Avengers. And good God, I think at least one video game company out there that recently kind of had to go, I think, bankrupt even should be pissed that this game exists, and also, I don't think this game is going to be good, and or I think it's going to be kind of terrible and a little bit predatory on your wallet. That's weird. I am. This game feels weird. So, and admittedly, this is just kind of this open beta thing you can play right now, and I'm gonna kind of put some context to some of the weird rumors we've heard. So, this is a multiplayer game. I don't think it was advertised initially as a multiplayer game, and we've not seen a bunch of stuff showing it's a multiplayer game, but at least, like, a pretty major chunk of this game is a multiplayer game. Like, I I think people Hmm. say it's kind of like Destiny or something, and it's not. It's more like Diablo, I guess. But, and this is... and this uh, it, It gets weirder, and this is a world where, like, Hulk is a character class, and there's a bunch of different cosmetic Hulks, and, like, Miss Marvel, um, I think that's her name, the one who, like, she's basically got Mr. Fantastic's powers, she's got yeah, stretchy Ms. limbs, like, yeah, she's Ms. also Marvel. a character you can play as this, or, uh, Kara Khan, I think is what her actual name is, or something, and, so when you load into this beta, you do, I like, I think it's Kamala Khan, that sounds right, that sounds much more correct, I, I was just impressed they had her in the game, period, she's at least, like, one of the more fun ones to play, I, so, When you load into this beta, you play through a couple single-player things, and towards the end of that, you get dumped into what I think is going to be more of what this game is actually. And in that case, it was you got dropped into a kind of big open field area. This was a snow tundra thing, and you had the option of playing as Miss Marvel or as playing as Hulk. We're going to get to why that's a weird thing in a second or two. Just try, just follow me on this one. And in the end, and, and like, there's a whole loading in where you go in a quin, where you go in the Quinjet. And my holy shit, this is a multiplayer game moment was when you're in there and you have squad slots. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can assign other heroes I have. I want to play as Hulk because I like his abilities. I'll assign Miss Marvel to that. Wait. No, these are player slots. Wait, what? I can bring her along as a buddy? Okay, that, that, that makes sense. I don't want to go in this solo. That's fine. So, what this game's doing that's kind of cool, I think, is it's giving you the chance to do, like, that four-player Marvel game that you want to do. Like, it's, it's that thing that's like, oh, it's kind of neat, and you can have, like, a, it's basically Monster Hunter functionality, but Marvel, but Avengers, which isn't necessarily a terrible thing. Except that when you get into actual combat, that means things have to be balanced for everyone. And mm. I don't know. I, I I'm not familiar with Miss Marvel as a character. I she's relatively new. I'm not super familiar with her. She's got like she's a fun character as far as I can tell. From a like writing and powers perspective, she seems cool. I 
don't think she's supposed to be able to hit as hard as the Hulk does, though. And because of how this game is balanced, I'm assuming kind of like there's a heavy versus light versus technique versus caster versus support thing. I don't know. But it sure as fuck seems like Miss Marvel and uh, Hulk, their basic melee attacks do the same damage. Which doesn't which seem is, right. Well, the thing is, is like it's kind of established that like Hulk is one of the strongest creatures in the universe. Yeah. Like it, it's a real problem to put him in any video game where he's not just by himself. Yes, and uh, we, we kind of talked about. And it, it's weird because like Hulk has some Hulk abilities. Like you can grab enemy characters and smash them around and use them as weapons and other things. But it's just enemy characters, and so again, because this is a video game with a skill tree, you have a skill tree, and there are a bunch of abilities to unlock when playing as Hulk that I just think Hulk should have from the get-go. Like, I, you know when Hulk had to unlock the ability to run and then hit a kind of shoulder check enemies? Well, I do, because I had to do that, and remember when Hulk didn't run that fast, and that felt weird because it's Hulk? Yeah, that's what this game feels like a lot. And remember when Hulk and Miss Marvel had to hold a glowing plate in the middle of a Siberian tundra to unlock a secret bunker to then go down in there and fight some robot dudes to then fight like a weird, ver to then like, get contacted by a weird version of Nick Fury that kind of looks like the white version of Nick Fury doing a weird version of blackface? Well, I do. I remember that one because I had to fucking play that last night. Uh, it's... This game is fucking weird. I don't think it's going to be fun when it comes out. Like, I I was playing, I think I played it for like almost two or three hours last I just get through it and kind of get a sense of what this thing was. And there's a whole loot system and it's character dependent and the characters are different. Holy shit, there's a lot of unlockables. And like, this game is really into like, yeah, this is the Marvel game. And I, it's weird because the characters play differently. Like, a Thor plays like... Uh, fucking Kratos from that new God of Oregon. You can throw Mjolnir, it comes back, it's got some cool things. Uh, when you throw Ooh. Mjolnir, you can punch people, and that's kind of fun, like, that's a cool combat thing. Like, you throw Mjolnir, it hits stuff, and it pins them against walls, and the recall's pretty good, and then you've got uh, Black Widow that feels like a Batman Arkham Asylum ripoff game character, but, like, has, like, each character has, like, three super moves, two, like, ultimate, or one ultimate and, like, two activities, or two, like, um, special abilities, and, like, all of Hulk suck. Uh, I, Black Widow has the power of guns and, like, extended combos. I, Captain America can't throw his shield anywhere as near as much as you want him to, and, like, that feels weird, but he's got a bunch of moves from the um, Marvel vs. Capcom video game to use, so that's kind of neat, and, like, he's one of the few characters that can flip over people's shields. I, it's weird. So, again, because every... While I'm playing this, I'm realizing that, like, every character has to be able to do the same things as all of the other characters to a certain extent. Like, not everyone can fly, but that makes a certain amount of sense. But, like, everyone has to be able to have a ranged ability so you can have everyone in every mission that might require a ranged ability. And that ranges from, like, Miss Marvel's is, like, she stretches her fist real far and punches to Hulk's picking rocks up off the ground to throw at people which does not feel good to Iron Man or Thor's kind of like, yo, I throw this hammer, I shoot these laser beams. It's to Black Widow's, I got a gun. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, because they want, 
you know, they want people to have a balanced, like you said, like you you've mentioned many times now. It's like a balanced experience. Like you kind of have to make the Avengers like more equal, but they aren't. Yeah. Like, like Black Widow uh, and like Hawkeye cannot stand toe to toe with the Hulk. Yeah, or or, or even Thor or Miss Marvel. I think at that point, like it's... Thor barely does. Yeah. And he, but he's literally a god, and he barely stands toe to toe with. And, Hulk. and this game leans hard into Thor as a god. Like I, it's it's real weird because this is like the Marvel comics version of these characters. Like I, it's. Playing this game with the MCU out there is kind of strange because, like, a, a lot of the flack this thing's gotten is how it has, like, a bunch of, like, off-brand-looking characters. And th- the more I've played of this game, yeah, like, it's... But, it's comic book versions rather than the movie versions. Yeah, but that also feels weird because, like, they're obviously cribbing off of the mar- the movie versions. They look like... The game doesn't look they that look- great either. Like, it's... I, it's okay. Yeah, the It'll- graphics are real bland. Yeah, the That's- enemy design's real bland. Like, this is the worst version of Abomination I've ever seen. Like, you- I-, I fought Abomination's Croc as I'm kind of Hulk at one point. And I'm like, you killer Croc knockoff-looking motherfucker. Like, Abomination is a cool Hulk villain. He was not in this thing. Uh, but, yeah, you-, you kill a lot of robots because that's what AIM's been up to, I guess. I... It felt it's just it, a really boring looking game. Like, yeah, no, design. and that's that's the nail on the head at that point. So, and I, to kind of rewind it back to what I was saying at the start of this, where there's a company that should be really pissed off about this game existing because I, I can't help but think that this game and another game's fate are intertwined. I'm blanking what that game was. I think it was called like Marvel Ultimate Alliance or something. Where it oh, was Ultimate Alliance games were great though. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Like there was this kind of Diablo style brawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, uh, yeah, those. They were, yeah, that sort of, uh, yeah. I might be thinking of a different. Yeah, the, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the yeah. Those games were actually really good. Well, I, I'm thinking of an online only one that got canceled recently, and we talked about it on this podcast because they had to. They chose, didn't have to. They chose to refund just a shit ton of currency. The people that bought into that game relatively recently, they 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 did the good guy thing of we're like yeah no we, like th- their cancellation was kind of weird and abrupt and I wish I'd looked into this more because holy shit this just feel like a next gen version of more or less what that game was, and it kind of clicked when there's a whole like upgrade skill tree for the characters like everyone has their own abilities um did you know that uh Hulk has equips. I'm not quite sure how they work, but, like, he has equipment you can put on him. doesn't visually change him. That's in the, uh, what you call it, like, the the cosmetic menu, which is sprawling and advanced and full of stuff. Yeah, I... Mostly my takeaway from this game, having played the beta, is I will definitely not be playing this until it's like either dirt cheap to play or goes free to play. Like this weirdly it, it, felt. Really, like you're gonna have to do to a lot to improve it, in my opinion. It, it just it it well from from just my perspective, it doesn't look cool. It looks real washed out and bland. Yeah. The character designs look very uninspired. Yeah, and. And apparent, I mean, how how was the actual game feel? I mean, I, you kind of said you kind of said that Hulk didn't feel great. No one to use. felt good. I, it's so I, it's a, that's like, not good. 
So I, I, every character had moments where they felt good. Or you did a cool thing. I, I, of all the characters, like, and there was a moment which I, I find it organically. I think the character that sucked the most to play was Black Widow, and that admittedly was because she was in this kind of weird. You, you fought Taskmaster as her in the in the beta. It's the worst looking version of Taskmaster of Taskmaster I've ever seen, which is a damn shame because Taskmaster is a cool ass character. One of the coolest characters that's kind of ambiguous in who they're lined up with in all of Marvel's universe kind of thing. Like, that is a cool-ass character with an unbelievably awesome idea for a power that is tragic in its implementation kind of thing. I, for those who don't know, Taskmaster's whole thing is as he fights someone, he learns their shit. Like, it's the... He doesn't gain superpowers, but, like, if he were to fight Batman he could be Batman within, like, an hour of fighting Batman kind of thing. Like, in instinctively, he learns your fighting style and all that stuff, and, like, he, as a result, has mastered how to do almost everything just from, like, observation that can be done that doesn't require superpowers. But the trade-off for this is that, like, there's only so much space in the human brain. It is perpetually removing his ability to make, like, short-term memories. Like, he, like, has, like, overall ideas of who he is, but, like, He's almost just kind of a living weapon at this point, and that's a whole other weird concept to dive into. That is explored all in this unbelievably lame-ass, kind of hockey-mask-looking version of a cool character, but that's either here nor there. I, I it's, It doesn't feel good. Like it, It's a true kind of superhero brawler. You fight wave upon wave of basic enemies. Like It, it kind of plays like the Batman Arkham Asylum games, except it doesn't, depending on which character you're playing as. Like. There's a dodge, mm. there's a jump, there's a, um, depending on the character, a block button. Like, uh, Captain America has a block button. That's pretty cool. No one else has a block button, as far as I can tell, but I could also be wrong about that, because every encounter I got through was basically mash the heavy attack over and over, because, like, you got in the air and your body slammed over and over, because that was good enough to get through almost everything. Like, all the upgrades I put into Hulk where increase my body slam ability and, like, increase his rage mechanic-y thing, which didn't feel good at all. Like, maybe Hulk should always have that rage mechanic going and he should have a different mechanic that's his right trigger. I, It, it did not feel good, but, like, every character had a moment where they did feel good. Like, these Hulk as the example again. When you, like, you can bunny hop as him, where, like, when you hit the ground after a jump, if you hit X again to jump immediately, that's playing on PS4, you get a bigger jump. And that feels cool and fun. It's a fun traversal thing, and it feels hulky, especially if you're a fan of the Hulk from the comics. Like, you feel like you're doing the Hulk bounce, and that's fun. What's not fun is the weird Hulk wall-running segments, I guess, where it's like you slam into a wall and you kind of like slam through walls because that part of Hulk jumping feels unbelievably bad. And he's another character, like, yeah, when you're throwing Mjolnir around, Thor feels real cool. When you bring down the thunder, Thor feels real cool. When you're hitting dudes with the hammer, Thor doesn't feel real cool. It's just like, yep, I'm mashing an attack button and throwing this here hammer. Like, weirdly, fighting as Thor feels better when you're using your fists than when you're using your goddamn hammer, and that's not good. I, Iron Man flies like you expect Iron Man to fly. He's got abilities. I, I think he was of the... Yeah, of the kind of, like, here's the fights you'll be doing in this game encounters, I think he was the most boring I played as. Like, 
but at the same time, I had the fun aha moment. Oh, I can charge this attack. He's a very ranged, heavy character. He feels kind of magey. If you use a subclass from an RPG type of thing to explain how he works, like you can charge your shots, and that felt kind of fun to do when you're flying around because you're fucking Iron Man, and you're like, oh, I'm hovering. I'm not hovering. I'm. Every character is a fun thing you can do, but the second to second of being them is not fun. Like, Miss Marvel's is. Her body parts are stretchy, so her traversal thing of getting around a map is, like, you can, like, fucking Mr. Fantastic slingshot yourself around. That's fun. Like, you you jump, you grapple onto stuff, and you throw yourself. You can do the long... It's it's a cool thing for a character with stretchy limbs to do, and it, that feels good. Mm. Her combat feels bad. Her powers feel bad. But, like, occasionally, like, you'll finish a dude so that you do, like, the big hand slap on a guy, and that feels fun. Fun, except for the fact that, like, in the beta, you're running around as her in, like, jeans and a t-shirt with her logo on it, and you're like, why is this 16-year-old in this military installation without a costume on? This feels bad, and Hulk has a beard, and it looks really bad on Hulk, and... I, mm. I, yeah, like, I, I... Yeah, like, Steve Rogers is fat, or built like a six-foot-two marine dude, I don't know, and the voice actor form is boring. I. It's off-brand Thor. Like, it's Thor with two R's and an E for no reason at the end. Like, it... <laughs> it, it looks like... It, the game looks like a really good PS3 graphic or early kind of this generation's graphics. Like, it doesn't look good. It looks fine. See, I feel yeah. like they should have just leaned into the comic book thing and gone with the stylized. Yeah, I mean, no, even, I've heard... Maybe even as far as, like... Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, no, and maybe even not like, that, that far. Like art it's... style, I think would have been, but but not even maybe as far as that. Just way more stylized. Like for example, if you just look at some like, at well, we've talked about it a bit. Ms. Marvel, uh, Ms. Marvel's comic, like that style, even more comic book style. But instead, they went for this realism, but it's really boring well, like, realism. Even like so, so then we're going to have kind of the weirdest thing I take away from like so. I have played this game before, technically, and it was called Marvel Spider-Man. I played it on a PS4. Like, it was a good game, and that game was in itself pretty realistic looking. Like It wasn't like cartoony, but it had a style to it, and even that style would have been better. And so I think I have the biggest controversy about this game is you can only play Spider-Man on the PS4 version of this game. Yeah. That is literally a less hero to play in this game that I think is going to be all about finding the hero you like to play as and then upgrading them and playing dress-up and shit. But I think that also leads mm-hmm. to you're going to have, like, four Hulks in a squad or some bullshit like that. I don't know. <laughs> this is a multiplayer game still. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't deep dive on this because I wasn't having fun. And I... This game seems like a real problem or something, but yeah, like... It, it could use more art style to it. It could use more fun. Like, all the characters kind of play the same, except they don't, and that's not good either. Like, everyone has their stuff that makes them unique, and the uniqueness kind of ranges from character to character of how good it is, but also, like, it still boils down to light attack, light attack, light attack, heavy attack, combos for everything, and the fact that it looks like you're going to have to upgrade everyone's skill tree and everyone's equipment separately, and it's going to be a, yeah, which cosmetic do you want to play as? I. I I, I like so back there at comic. I assume there's a comic book version looking of Hulk in that game. I didn't unlock him yet, but like imagine how off-putting that will also look when it's like cell-shaded comic book ass looking Hulk who's like 
appropriately neon green, wearing them purple pants, next to, like, pseudo-photorealistic Iron Man who looks like an off-brand version of Iron Man. You're gonna be like, ha, this looks worse somehow, and, like, none of this is fun. I... Yeah, and I keep saying Hulk is a weird example because Hulk is where it felt the worst. Like, the hits don't feel good. It doesn't feel like there's any weight behind it. Again, you're playing as the fucking Hulk. Everything should go flying constantly when you hit it. But, like, it doesn't. And it has the same impact as when you punch something as Iron Man or Black Widow or Miss Marvel, who, like, they're strong characters in their own perspective, I guess. But, like, it's still... like, maybe it takes three hits to kill something with Hulk, and it takes five with Miss Marvel, and, like, five with Black Widow or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention. I was mashing light and attack buttons and, like, occasionally using my abilities, because I don't get how the cooldowns work on those either. And See, I, yeah. I think with the designs, I think their mistake was trying to just, we'll take the movie designs put them in, and then put them in the comic yeah. book world, but also, because of that, we're not... It's It just feels like... Comic Con or so—it's just weird seeing somebody else in what is basically the movie costumes. Yeah, and they should have just fully leaned into. Let's just make more comic book versions of these characters, brighter colors, not these weird washed-out, dull, like really dull versions of the colors. And like, and this was like a shitty thing to say, but I don't have a better way of putting it. Like on that topic, like Scarlett Johansson is a very distinct-looking Black Widow. Like, and the fact that like the Steve Rogers, if this game is whatever, the uh, the Tony Stark of this game is whatever, like, the, you're obviously cribbing the MCU characters, but, like, obviously avoiding paying their likenesses is the most blatant when it comes to Black Widow, because, like, there are hundreds of things from the comic you could do to make a cooler-looking Black Widow, but you need that, like, form-fitting, ass-tastic, kind of speed suit version of Black Widow from the movies down to, like, the wrist gauntlets and red hair. Like, putting just, like, a ninja mask on her or something, just, like, something that covers up, like, her nose and the bottom half of her face would have improved this character model so amazingly because you'd have been like, oh, it's Black Widow and not, like, CVS brand Black Widow costume Black Widow. Yeah, that's what it feels like with all the characters. I mean, I feel like that with all the characters that I've seen, it's just like, just, just put them in better costumes. Just don't, don't bother with the movie costumes yeah. if you aren't going to use the movie faces. And, and Black Widow's the most egregious out of them, too. Like, it's the, like, like, Captain America's armor is Captain America's armor. There's only so much you can do kind of thing. Iron Man is Iron Man. Thor, they lean, like, real hard into Nordic for this, and that kind of works in its favor a little bit. Like, Hulk looks just kind of weird. He's not as green as he should be, and their version of well, Bruce all the Banner, colors are kind of washed out. Yeah, That's the weird thing I found. I've never seen this flesh-toned version of Hulk, and that's like, and I'm saying like Hulk, Hulk, not like Mister Fixit or Professor Hulk or Maestro Hulk or like yeah Hulk. It's actually Bruce Banner, but like just like Hulkified. Like this is Hulk, Hulk, but he's got like a shitty college sophomore. Just joined the frat and is growing a beard, bro, frat beard thing. And the version of Banner they have is like, well, it's like even all right. So I'm looking at you know the design for you know Ms. Marvel. It's like, why did you put her in a washed out, almost grayish shirt when look at her comic book costume? 
Her comic book costume is really bright and vibrant and, and really I dynamic. Think that's in the game ultimately too. The issue is in the beta. You're not getting that. You're getting her in like jeans and a t-shirt that make her equipment really weird. Where it's like her, one of her pieces of equipment is like the fucking logo on the front of her shirt. I'm like, how does that fucking make sense? Like, I don't know the character, so maybe that's in the comics somewhere. But, like, the equipment's real weird, where it's like, am I upgrading Hulk's spine? Like, is Hulk's upgrades or equipment, like, body modification? Because that's a little fucked up, I think. Yeah, it's just... I Yeah, overall, I just feel like they've made really poor decisions. Yeah, and it's the... Sadly, this game will be gone by the time this podcast goes up, because I think everyone deserves to play this. Like, and not like in a, you deserve it because you've been bad, but like, everyone who cares about video games or Marvel or like, is curious, should have the right to play this beta. Because I have not played something this, like, fundamentally dumbfounding in a long time. Like, it, it plays better, and I guess it's like overall better than The Quiet Man, which is another game that is from Squeenix, like, remember this is also a Squeenix gig. But, like, they occupy this same weird part of my, like, fandom of video games, which is, why does this even exist? Like, why did you commit resources and time and man hours and coding and talent to make this? See, I feel like they're kind of trying, and this is what occurs to me, they're trying to copy sort of, in a way, like, what Injustice looks like. If, if you know what I'm talking about, yeah. the, you know, the DC fighting game. But that's also but, a fighting game, and that has, like, serious style going on. Yeah, but they have, they're just better stylized in it. And yeah. It's, it's going definitely with way more realism, yes. Definitely with the Injustice series. But even then, it's just... It's realism, but still with a lot of panache. Just with a lot of... Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I, but I'm looking at some of the alternate costumes and they look better. Yeah. Um, but still, I don't know. Um, overall though, I still think it no, looks and, and that's the thing boring. too. I'm not willing to say like this game looks bad because it's the beta. Like it's, I think this game's flaws are not going to get fixed. Like you can make graphics look better. You can iron out kind of how weird the voice acting felt. Like those are all things you can fix over time and other stuff. What I'm running into, and we're going to talk about this a lot more when we get to our news segment, I guess, is there is a at least two other games-as-service, sure-as-fuck-seems-like-at-least, multiplayer super games coming out in the next couple years, and this feels like a new wave. I'm not sure that's good. Like it's People have called this thing, like, Destiny version of Avengers, and that's not true. This is, like, this is Diablo. This is straight-up Diablo esque kind of thing. Like it feels kinda of like a Diablo game. Like it's it's that weird you grind for loot to do the thing to keep grinding for loot. That's the point of this game, which I I know like it sounds like what Destiny is. It's not. I don't think this thing will have raids. it's it's get in there with your friends and smash some shit up and it's lots of generic looking enemies or whatever. I Yeah, this game is absolutely just dumbfounding to me, I think. Like and it's it's gonna be a games as service. This whole thing will be like Yo, we're adding more skins and more superheroes over the time span to come, kind of thing. Like this, this is gonna be monetized up the wazoo. I, yeah, 
I think I unlocked the Fortnite connection to this thing, so I don't care about that, but that's also a thing you can go do. I... I... Wow, this game. It's... Maybe I'll be eating crow when this game's final version comes out, and I'll be then people will be like, "What the fuck was Charlie smoking?" But I, I, yeah, I, Henry, I alone at least recommend to you if you can find a way to play this before it goes off of out of beta, which happens when this at the end of this weekend we're recording this podcast. I'm and, really not interested in it. I, yeah, you shouldn't be. But it's also it's something that everyone who cares about video games I should I witness have and go, huh? Other games that yeah. are demand that want me to play them. Yeah. That are that are that are attracted to me. I have too many games in my queue that I want to yeah. play. Versus, no, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play a game. No, that's that is completely fair. Like this is one of those I, ones I, where I, I had to witness I have this like thing, and I'm probably like, fifty games that are crying out to me to play them at this point. Uh, between what I get on Epic and Steam, it's like no, I have, maybe I won't spend so much time <laughs> playing games I don't like because yeah. I have enough games that I am interested in playing. Like legitimately very interested in playing i just haven't gotten around to yet yeah that's no that's probably the healthier reaction to this this is more of a like i had to witness this thing and it's like one of us had to i I guess witness to this (laughs) bear witness like lot to the watcher yes no that's exactly what i feel like it's like it's it's one of those (laughs) times it's like this thing is so befuddling that part of me is kind of like if this game just never comes out this will become like was there even ever a Square Enix Marvel's Avenger game? And I'll be like, yes, I played the beta. Was it cool? No. Yep. Yes, I have bore witness <laughs> to the Avengers demo. Maybe this game will turn it around. Maybe it won't. I don't have. I. I think what this thing is at its DNA level is fundamentally flawed. Which, yeah, I. I feel bad ripping on it again. It's not officially, and this is, again, this is a beta, so a lot can change. But I don't think the problems with this game are going to change. Like it'll get better, but like it's still gonna be. This thing feels weird at a core level. Like why is Hulk so weak? But yeah, yeah and we have to move on to our news. So we spent a lot of time belaboring this, but like I, I have weird feelings about this bullshit. I we don't normally do this, but we, this is a game we've talked about a bunch on this podcast before, and. Alex isn't here to tell us Epic Bad, but uh, the Shadowrun video game collection is on the Epic Store next week for free. Yeah, just, it's really good. Just throwing that one out there. If you've ever been curious um, about the Shadowrun games or, like, the Shadowrun world or, like, want a really fucking good RPG. Dang, I mean, like, um, I think Dragonfall's really good. It's in there, I think. I th- the, one, I, I, the one in Hong Kong isn't as good, isn't as well written. But the, the the first one that came out and Dragonfall are yep. both extremely good. It's just that compared with those two, the Hong Kong one isn't as well written, but still cool in its own right. Yeah, I, oh, a great series of games. I'm just you bringing like, this up because it's a game both you and I are passionate about, and we understand people only have so much money. Like, COVID is yeah. an interesting time to buy video games in because we all have backlogs, but also like. You want to play the new thing, and you want to be tapped in. Like, if you're looking for, like, yeah. each game is what, like, twenty hours long, give or take. Easily, yeah, I- easily, depending on how much time you spend. Just and um, now it's not available really so much for Epic yet. No, it's only coming. just now yeah. started. If this is for, or, this is free. Uh, no, what I'm just, saying, yeah. or I'm, I'm actually talking about the add-on campaigns, oh. being able to make your own campaigns. 
which is a Steam Workshop thing, and Epic's only just now getting into a Workshop thing, but if you have them, that's the thing is like, um, but probably, there's probably some way of doing it, I just know it's really easy to do through Steam Workshop, but there's some really good campaigns that people have made in Steam Workshop, so maybe some of that might be able to transfer over to the... Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm not sure how much that's baked into the game versus not, but... At the but same in any case, yeah. really good games yeah. if you like, but only if you like uh, if you like the uh, tactical RPGs. Yeah, but yes, it's a free game. Go get it. You should be getting all the yeah. epic games for free. It's free money. It plays mostly like XCOM, I'd say. Yeah, <clears throat> that means it's time for news because right off what we've been up to, we've done a little shout out thing. Yeah. Alex is here to step on our epic fanboyness. <laughs> and good God, we got some news. Yeah. There's a lot, actually. Yeah, it's, we'll burn through it pretty quickly, I think. Um, Some of them aren't... Yeah, they aren't as much up for discussion, I'll say. Yeah. But. Yes, mm. news! News. We've got some big <laughs> announcements to get through. Um, Enmasse, the Western publishers of Terra, are kind of suddenly and abruptly shutting down. They do say that they'll continue service for, like, Somehow, one way or another, Terra and their other major MMO that they run are going to continue service, which I'm glad for that, yeah. because I still hop into Terra and play every so often. Um, but, yeah, I am curious about that. Yeah, Terra is a Korean MMO, yeah. as I remember. And so it's not like Terra itself is shutting down. There's still a team. Enmas is a publisher, but um, I'm going to have to go on and spend my remaining credits on there. <laughs> because I still have some, like, as, there again, I've, I've put some money into Terra, so yeah. I guess I'm going to have to rush in and spend the rest of my One, credits before they're all done. I've been wondering what kind of chunk the Black Desert Online game took out of Terra's player base, because if you're looking for kind of that real kind of um, action-y combat game, they're very similar. I, 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 yeah. At least, like, Black Desert Online, like, I think, does it differently, but I think a little bit better for my like second to second game, they're both hell I like of the games. design of Terra way yeah. oh, better yeah. though. Lactos Online has some the other art, problems with the combat. The art of Terra is just fantastic. Yeah. I think like the really, really good, really, really good art. Indeed. Uh, next up, Ghost of Tsushima is getting a free online co-op mode. It'll be a I think it's two to four player thing. It appears to be kind of like strike driven. There'll be classes you're fighting. I it's weird. This multiplayer fixes the biggest complaint I had about Ghost of Tsushima, which was, I wish there was a little more supernatural bullshit in this game. And this game appears mm. to be all of the supernatural bullshit that the normal Ghost of Tsushima was missing, but also, they know what you want. In the trailer, there's dude in a badass straw hat. <laughs> like, the guys that make this game understand there's a bunch of weirdos out me. They're like, I want heavy armor, yeah, but also a straw hat. They're like, we got a character for you. You see the trailer. And I'm like, good. Uh, not a lot of details on this, except that it will be coming, I believe it's this uh, this fall. It's it's coming soon. It will be its own kind of separate mode. It's it's um kind of sectioned off into a co-op only thing. I, this is not bringing co-op to the rest of Ghost of Tsushima. No gameplay of this exists out there for us to kind of pick apart. For, it's coming to you for free though, which seems super cool. I I am weirdly excited for this. As someone who kind of goes back and forth on what I think of Ghost of Tsushima, this bullshit is like, yeah, I could be into this actually. 
because the gameplay for that game is where that game shines. And if they can nail some cool co-op-y stuff with that, this game could fucking be something. Yeah, this could be its whole own thing, I think. And I think it's it's called Tsushima Legends. I, yeah. It also, at least in my mind, hints that we're probably getting Ghost of Tsushima for PS5 as a release title. But that's just my pure speculation at that point. Hmm. Next up, got some Dragon Ball Fighter Z news. We haven't had this in a while, but Master Roshi, our favorite Hermit Hurdle. Turtle Hermit, wow. That's some word butchery on my part. Is a coming to the game. I think it's just pronounced Dragon Ball Fighters. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Not Fighter Z. I call it Fighter Z because it's there, but yes. He would be the 17th downloadable fighter. I can't, I, with these things, I can never tell if he's actually already in the game or coming soon. There's no dates attached to the announcement. So, September. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's coming soon. Soon. Yeah. I, it's unclear if he'll be a joke character or a serious character. I think people are still pushing for Hercule to join as the joke character, but. Yeah, well, Roshi is a. I mean, he's. Especially in Super, he's been a serious competitor. Yeah, he's got a Super. power buff. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, Deathloop, the kind of next big game from the folks behind uh, the recent Prey game, but more importantly, the uh, Dishonored games, Arcane Studios, has been delayed until spring 2021. This is this kind of assassin versus assassin. I think it's a two-player co-op or like two separate converging single-player story op games. I, it's not clear what this game is. It's had some real cool stylish trailers, but it's been delayed. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently it is. It involves a time loop, yeah. sort of a mechanic, but, uh, or, yeah, something related to that, but, yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, like a lot of other things, it's facing delays. Yeah. Uh, Hitman 3 will be a PC launch exclusive on the Epic Store, meaning that It'll come to it'll come after everybody here to the Steam, but it's only launching on PC on Epic at first. So, yeah, feel about that as you will. Yep, there is a there's no one here to uh, declare Epic. Indeed. <laughs> Too bad. Indeed. A Coral Castle Museum, or sorry, the Coral Castle Museum in Florida is suing Fortnite because it has a location in the new map called Coral Castle. I don't think anyone's confusing the two, but it might be resulting in like people being pissed off at the website for the Coral Castle Museum. I don't know. This feels a little bit superfluous, but also when you look at the pictures to the two, I get where they're coming from. They're similar-ish. Not so similar. I think they have a case, but like it's... Stone structures that are named Coral Castle. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Indeed. Where to go from here? Running out of our nice and really announcements. Oh, uh, Fall Guy has entered into the battle of the brands by in, uh, offering advertising to the top kind of donation to charity one, and that's a cool use of that power. Fall Guy's just blowing the fuck up though, too. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and for reasons that we've discussed. Yeah. But yeah. It's fun. I, I uh, at least I think it's fun. I've never played it, but it it's, seems fun. It's fun enough, I guess. It's not for me, but uh, Activision got out there and confirmed that yes, indeed, the next COD is uh, Black Ops Cold War. 
It's now it's now not just Dorito confirmed. It's actually you know video game journalist confirmed. So I I, I never doubted the Doritos. So this is not news necessarily, but this doesn't indeed appear to be a video game. Mm. I think the best take I've heard on this was wasn't all of Cold Duty. Uh, sorry, not Call of Duty. Uh, uh Black Ops: The Cold War previously, but yeah, they're not wrong on that. That first one at least was very kind of Black Ops. Was um very not Black Ops. Uh, very Cold War dependent. Where to go from here? All right, so I didn't know this previously, but apparently there's a concept of an Oculus account, and yep. that's going away to be replaced with you have to have a Facebook account, which means you have to have a Facebook account or a Facebook page, I guess is how that actually plays out, to fully utilize your Oculus VR device. That change is coming soon. That feels shitty. Yeah, it is. I agree. I think it is. I think it's real fucking dumb. I don't want my Facebook account attached to my fucking Oculus account. Yeah. Well, especially because if you're people that, like, have taken the socially smart stand of not having a Facebook account but enjoy VR, and are had to kind of grapple with the fact that, yes, if you're supporting the Oculus, you are indirectly supporting Facebook kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That just feels like a weird move, too. Like, you, you want to start from giving people reasons to not use the Oculus. Like, remind yeah. people every time they use it, yo, this is owned by Facebook. Well, the other problem is, um, not every country gives a shit about Facebook either. I mean, you want to shut yourself out of China? Yeah. That's how to shut yourself out of China. And Russia. And just numerous other countries that, like, they don't, people don't use Facebook as, as their social network. Like, yeah, there's just different countries that don't really use Facebook for most of their social media. They just don't. So it's like, you're kind of shutting other countries out. Seems like a dumb move to me. Yeah. No, yeah, it's... I get the idea of having an account for that stuff, but the, like... That'd be like using Twitter to log into my PSN account. Like, I don't want that. That would feel weird and uncomfortable. I don't want my social media linked to my video game playing, necessarily. But yeah, I do think that they're really not thinking about the fact that Hey, guess what, guys? Not every every country uses Facebook on the same level as like English speaking countries. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, so that seems real dumb. If I guess you don't want to sell Oculus internationally. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The account is mainly you know kind of like having a Steam account or whatever, so you can keep track of your games that you have for it. Yeah, really. It comes down to it, but it's just dumb. I think it's just. I think it's a really stupid move, and I think they may rethink that. I would hope. It, it, it's weird. Like, I, back when Facebook bought Oculus, it always felt like, it's like, okay, this makes sense. Big tech giant buying a potentially huge technical investment. This, this tracks. I, increasingly, it feels like having those two brands linked is potentially really detrimental to people like me actually ever buying an Oculus. Like, where it's like, I think VR is cool, but I don't feel good buying anything physically manufactured, even indirectly, by Facebook because of what Facebook is about at this point. Yeah. Like, I don't want to put something made by Facebook into a house that contains a microphone. Why? I don't trust Facebook with a microphone. Yeah. Alright, next up we have, um, some Elite Dangerous news. We don't talk about this game much. It's a ongoing interest to me because of my love of space sims that are too hard for me to fully kind of commit the time to fully figuring them out. 
So, those not familiar, you've you kind of the two big players out there. You have um, Elite Dangerous versus uh, the un the unreleased Star Citizen. And for a long time, the differentiating was that stuff. Elite Dangerous was all about the ships. It, it didn't have kind of planetary anything. It was just kind of like, yeah, you go around, you do the spaceship thing, you're good. And over time, they've expanded this. And the next upcoming big expansion for the game called Odyssey gives you the ability to walk on planets. And that's fucking huge for this franchise. A, because it's already out. And B, because, well, their game actively works. It isn't kind of embroiled in a big, ongoing, weird conversation about Kickstarter and why does this game have more money than some <laughs> small country's GOPs? Or GDPs, yeah. my bad. And it looks good. Like, everything this game does always looks good. The, the, the franchise is not for everyone. Like, the first time I checked out Elite Dangerous as made prevalent by the, like, quick look I did about this a long time ago, I was not at the point in my life where the idea of playing Space Trucker was something I was all about. I have matured since then, and all I want is to be a Space Trucker. <laughs> and seeing this has me going like maybe it's time to actually figure out how the fuck to play Elite Dangerous. This is a this is a Hotos game. Like you, you want your stick out for this one, boys and girls. Like this is the this is the real sim for people. Like I spent a little bit too much time looking at USB enabled flight sticks this week, despite owning one already. That's like needlessly bullshitly complicated to get working. <laughs> this is where I go off the deep end and like yeah, I could use some peripherals. But mostly they're kind of they're they're adding kind of the they're adding planet side activities to the game. There's gonna be harvesting. There's gonna be mining. Like it's it's stuff you assumed would always come to this game, eventually. But yeah, I, this game has chosen to expand its own pace. Like it's the everything they've done is what the Star Citizen fans want that fucking franchise to do, which is get the spaceship part done and then add everything else. And yeah. It, it looks good. Yeah, it, it's got a cool design aesthetic the tech they're putting into it. The spaceships look appropriately, like, mass-produced. Um, yeah, sorry, spacesuits look appropriately mass-produced, kind of spacesuity stuff. I'm, it looks nice. There's everything that Elite, Elite, Elite Dangerous does. I, I love following this game. It makes me happy. It's like, yo, we put planet walking in the game. That's cool. It also makes me feel better because I recommended it to someone recently where it's like, yeah, it's great, except for the fact there's nothing to do on planets. Now there is. Alright, we're done. Now oh, it's Nintendies. You wanna talk about Nintendies? Sure. Or Nintendo indie world thing they just did. Uh Nintendo showed off some games. There are some absolutely beautiful games as part of this. Uh I can't get over how much of that game looks like Lion King, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh out now is a game called Raji, an ancient epic. I'm not sure what even to call this thing. Is it a puzzle game? Is it Dark Souls-esque? Like, it's got combat to it. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's not clear, really. Um, I, mean, but, I mean, it is just a launch trailer. So, yeah. I mean, it's still in the works. I thought this thing was out. Or, is it out? Yeah, this is out Maybe now. Maybe it's out. Yeah. I guess that means it's out. But, yeah. Uh... yeah, so it's based off of the ancient uh, Hindu and Balinese mythology, which means giant crazy monsters and snakes. And cool-ass looking saints. Yep, it's nice looking. Yeah, I like the style of it. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. I, I think it's it looks it looks really cool and uh, yeah, it looks really well done. And it's something that we don't get a lot of like a lot of games that really go in 
dive into you know the very very rich Hindu mythos. Which there's a lot of stories there. I so, love I mean, mythology games. Yep, same. And this one goes deep into it too. So yeah. Next up, we have a short hike, which is also now out on the Switch. It's been out on PC for a little while now, but it's. I've talked about it. Yeah. Thoughts on it? Real still? good game. Well, the same. What's that? Thoughts on it still? Or like, give me a quick synopsis of it. Yeah, it's still very good. I can see why it won awards, too, because we we actually talked about it earlier, even won some indie awards. But yeah, just a great game. Um, very relaxing. You, you could speed your way through it, but I recommend taking your time and enjoying the kind of sea world of it. Enjoy yeah. the short hike. Yeah. Uh, perspective? Uh, sorry, not, not Perspective. Manifold Garden, a game that's now free of the Apple Arcade exclusivities, come to the Switch. It's a described as a perspective twisting puzzle game. Yeah, oh, it's brain melting. That game's I real need hard. I to check that out. It is a brain melting game. It's very good, but very very difficult. I think we have another kind of Apple Arcade exclusive put in the wild now. The uh, RPG Kashi and Hiroshi, uh, is a puppet based RPG. So. That's neat, I guess. Looks cute. On the kind of out-now topic, you have Evergate. There's BA in another platformer about the afterlife and death and all that stuff. It's pretty looking, though. I'll give it that. Falling in the veins of kind of like Limbo, where it's about the journey, not necessarily exactly what you're doing. Coming soon is uh, uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. Comes out August 27th, so real soon. Uh, A demo to come... Uh, so there's a demo out now, if you're curious about that, it appears to be... I don't even know what the hell this game is. I feel like I've talked about... Oh, Hypnospace Outlaw? It's basically, you're kind of like on 90s internet. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, I think I actually know what this game is. Yeah, it's... It's, it's like being an internet cop, almost. Yes. Uh, kind of a detective, yes. Uh, next up, uh, Torchlight 3 is coming to the Switch. Sometime this Which, fall. You know, uh, you don't need... Diablo just play the much superior, in my opinion, Torchlight series. Yeah. Seriously, they're really good. I think their the style for them is better as well. I think the style is superior, but also I just think that they're better games and uh, don't require always online. Yeah. So coming next year, so 2021. God, it's weird saying that. Uh, Garden Story, an RPG farming game. A cute aesthetic to it. I'm not. It, it feels Stardew Valley esque. If Stardew Valley was full of weird sea monsters for player characters and NPCs, hmm. that feel accurate. Seems like it. Subnautica Below Zero is the coming to the Switch. I believe that'll be a repackaging of some kind of Subnautica. Which no, Below Zero is the sequel. Oh, my bad. Sorry, both are coming. My bad. My bad. I read that wrong. Yeah, Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero both coming to the Switch next year. I wonder if that'll be packaged together. Uh, well, no, maybe. Next up, we have a game that sounds weirdly up Henry's alley. We have Bear and Breakfast, <laughs> a wilderness hotel sim. It's a timed exclusive to the Switch, so, yeah. You would run a bed and breakfast for bears, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. And last but not least, we have Card Shark. A gambling game. That cool yeah. design to it. That'll come out. Uh, but probably the biggest surprise to come out of this, I shouldn't have said last but not least, is Zigoose Game is a come into the Switch. 
But more importantly, Goose Game Co-op is upon us. Yes. I think that's exciting. Because, you know, what's more horrific and destructive than a single very angry goose? Geese. A geese. Doesn't that mean the game should be called Geese Game at that point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually going to be awesome. So you just have... Now you have a whole flock. Just nightmarish. Utterly nightmarish, because... Have you ever been around actual geese? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they are they are tiny nightmare dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, not even that tiny. They're actually kind of large. Larger than you think dinosaurs. Yeah, them and swans are motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Swans are also very, very angry. That seems to be their base mood. Swan. They don't give a fuck. Yep. That's more or less it for announcements, I guess. Um, we've got a, we we have two more, I guess, announcements out of this that are kind of mixed up with a weirder set of other news to talk about. So we'll kind of save that for our Rocksteady block later on in this news segment. Let's get into our a little less cut and dry, a tad more complicated ones. With uh, we'll start off with a simple one. Apparently, Persona Four Golden has just been killing it on PC. Which has got Sega realizing maybe it should do more PC report, uh, reports of games. Yeah, that would be nice. Seriously, like, I I would love to play, like, Persona 5. Like, I'd really, really like to play it because it's a really good game from all... Well, really, the entire Persona series is just really good game. And I, yeah, wouldn't mind playing those on PC because I'm probably not going to buy a... Uh, you know, a PlayStation 5 or... The one I Xbox want more is Persona series, whatever. It's... Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want Nocturne to come out for peace. It's weird. So, I want the ones yeah. that are a pain in the ass to play in the modern world to come out on yes. PC. Like, this port uh, P- Persona 3 at this point. 2 and 1, I, I understand there's fans for that, but I don't think the, the, the modern concept of a Persona game predates 3 really that meaningfully. That's the, that's the other important one of the Persona-verse that you need to maintain, and I also think that they're re-releasing Nocturne. Put it on PC, please. Yeah. Was that our weird second news of the week? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, where to go from here? Uh, you want to talk about Destiny some more? Do you want to talk about Rocksteady? Do you want to talk about E3's just what-the-fuck moment this week? Um, we could talk, uh, I don't know, let's, let's put some things in between. You know, the terrible news? Yeah. Let's bring up some terrible news first. Alright, let's talk about Rocksteady real quick. So, as I alluded to as part of talking about Avengers, Rocksteady got out there and announced two games this week that both appear to be kind of games-as-service co-op-y games, potentially, and they are Rocksteady's Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and Batman... Sorry, not Batman, Gotham Knights. Both of these games, we haven't seen footage of how Suicide Squad will play, but the trailers for both imply they will each feature some version of co-op. They are, I, it feels weird to call them this, but like hero-based fight uh, adventure games, I guess. Like the the gameplay we've seen of Gotham Knight, it very, it very much looks like an Arkham Asylum game or one of the Arkham games. It's got the stealth, it's got the grappling, it's got the gliding. You play as Red Hood. Bat, uh, not Batman, um, Nightwing, Robin, or Batgirl, 
all seem to have their own kind of shtick going on in tech. I, I suspect you can go through the story as any of them, which that seems cool when you have drop-in, drop-out kind of co-op gameplay, which that could also be yeah. fun. And there's team-up moves, and everyone does their own thing, and Red Hood has guns, which feels weird still. Mm. And teleports? And at the same time, you also had Rocksteady's Suicide Squad game, which there is no gameplay for that, but I'm guessing the characters, at least at launch for that thing, will, based on the trailer, are Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn, uh, King Shark, or Deadshot. Yeah. Not bad characters for that. Uh, the trailer is kind of zany looking. Apparently Captain Boomerang can teleport with his boomerangs. I, it's really weird having watched this and also the Gotham Knights thing back-to-back, because -back, holy fuck does it kind of look like it's just one game reskin to the other potential. Again, we have we've not seen anything of how the Suicide Squad one plays, but the fact they're launching two games basically back to back year wise that are I'm guessing four player character choice open world this type of game, I'm guessing things feels a little bit weird. But I don't know. I, I they gave King Shark a Gatling gun as part of that trailer, so I'm potentially on board with the Suicide Squad. I love King Shark. And their Captain Boomerang is appropriately degenerate. Their deaths, their, their dead shot looks kind of lame, though, but that's a whole separate topic. Trailers are out there. Go check them out. Uh, they both look good. They look like next-gen video games, which they both are, I believe. Looks like Brainiac's involved in the Suicide Squad game. Uh, they've showed off a couple different villains for... The Gotham Knights one, I, yeah. It does appear to be, at least in that case, a sequel to the events of the last Arkham game, which for those who keep track of things, Batman died at the end of, so that's the whole thing. But, yeah, uh, that's that's the end of our good Rocksteady news. Um, we have our, I guess, kind of continuation of what we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is uh, uh, some, se some sexual harassment allegations were brought up in connection to... Rocksteady, and we have their response, which is to invite an internal and an, out, an outside company to do an investigation of the company, kind of a la Ubisoft, and based just kind of on current trends, and based on what happened at Ubisoft, that seems like maybe the problem's real bad there, potentially. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. A current employee actually talked about it, uh, were, were one of the people that, you know, accused them yeah. of not having taken it seriously. Um, uh, or uh, a former senior, I, no, I guess she is, but former yeah. senior writer on Rock City's upcoming Suicide Squad game, Kim uh, McCaskill, uh, came forward with a video on YouTube, essentially talking about the, they didn't, and then, well, just continue with the story. Yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah, that's, that's kind of all the story we have right now. So we're, we are now having an external company come through and do an investigation of, Right. I guess there was also a letter that got sent. Or got yeah. See, by... that's what I, that's what I wanted you to bring. Oh, up. Oh, sure. The, yeah. There was also a letter that got supposedly, and we're using big square scare quotes here. Unsolicited letter from the um, from the uh, from from some of the employees still at the studio that had signed on with the original 2018 letter. And so, ah, that's bullshit. Sorry, that's bullshit. That's not that's not an unsolicited letter. They made that letter and they said sign on to this. I'm telling you that's what happened. Is the you know what happens with a lot of people at a studio or at any place they work? They'd kind of like to keep their jobs. Yeah. 
not everybody feels comfortable with quitting a job. I mean, that's the thing. It's like quitting jobs is not a super common thing because it's, I mean, there's a lot of things attached to it, especially for an American company. It's like your insurance is attached to your job. So it's like you'll see a lap, possible lapse in your insurance. But yeah, there's, I, 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 yeah, I think they probably have some ongoing deep problems there. And I think we'll hear more of this, to be honest. I yeah, know this is definitely not done. Like we have an external company doing an investigation. And just to kind of clarify the letter thing, this was, this was the letter from back in 2018 that apparently 10 of the 16 women that worked there at their, I guess identified as women or whatever the correct terminology that, signed on to this saying like yeah there's some problems and then there's the yeah i'll mention the more recent one yeah. which is a unsolicited letter saying that no it's perfectly fine here everything's fine yeah that, that's why i wanted to clarify there are two letters yeah. that are so i think things aren't fine obviously yeah well more on that as it as it kind of spills out uh it's cool we're getting two new Batman-style games, I guess. I don't know. It really feels like they're the same game, potentially, or that they should be one package, but maybe I'd need to see gameplay footage of what the fuck that Suicide Squad game is. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like, I'm not sure I want another Batman game at this point, even. Like, not because of this, just, like, the Arkham franchise, even by the last one, I was so burnt out on the Arkham kind of thing, I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. All right, moving on from that, let's talk about Destiny for a second. For those who have their head under a stone, congratulations! You don't know what Destiny is. You're better off for it, probably. But we have a <laughs> we have a list of all of the stuff entering the uh, Destiny content vault. The uh, what's the what's the cute phrase they keep using for it? the DCV? Yes, the, that's what I thought it was called at the end of this season, a la when the next season starts in November. It's a bunch of stuff that uh, me and Henry kind of have different opinions on. He's a more recent player. I'm a more jaded, tired, fed up with all of it veteran player at this point. And we're going to talk about this for a couple of minutes because no one's here to stop us. We're going to burn the list first, and then we'll kind of get to talking about it, if you will. From a narrative perspective, meaning kind of ongoing stories in the game, The Red War, Curse of Osiris, Warmind, Season of the Forge, Season of the Drifter, and Season of Opulence, those are all entering to the vault. That doesn't mean much to a lot of people. Basically, this the, the story activities, which admittedly for one of those, two of those, I guess, technically, which is Drifter specifically, maybe less so Forge, the stories aren't going to exist anymore in the game. They're, narratively, they're still there, but you can't access them anymore. And most of that's because the following destinations of Mercury, Mars, Titan, Io, the Leviathan, and the Farm are all going away. The farm is a weird one. The farm should never have existed, maybe. Uh, but next Well, it's it's just, yeah, it's totally unnecessary yeah. now. And next up, yeah, so for activities, you have, weirdly enough, regular Nightfalls, a couple Crucible modes, um, Supremacy, Countdown, Lockdown, Breakthrough, Doubles, Momentum Control, and Scorch. There's a couple asterisks on this because they're not permanent game modes anyway. It sure seems like momentum control at least might kind of cycle out of the vault temporarily, the kind of way it cycles through things right now. Uh, Gambit Prime is going away, but also Gambit is being merged with Gambit Prime to get some new hybrid thing. The Reckoning altogether is going away, which, good riddance, but also, if you wanted Reckoner, now's your chance to get that bullshit. There's, it's 
doesn't seem that that's going to come back anytime soon. Escalation protocol is going away because Mars is going away. That's the wave-based kind of tower... Defense is the wrong word. Tower-activated thing on Mars you could do. The Black Armory Forges, those are going away. That one does not... We'll talk about that one in a couple minutes in more detail. The Menagerie, which is the Season of Opulence-specific... Not a strike, not a competitive mode activity. That's also going away. It was... We'll talk about all this stuff in a minute. I keep trying to get ahead of myself. Naomi Labs, one of the kind of weird topics amongst the Destiny community that's being shelved because it's part of the Black Armory storyline. The Whisper Quest is going away. Zero Hour is going into the vault as well. These are the two kind of... They're not... They're not dungeons. They're kind of timed, very unique quest mission things that result in exotic weapons. Whisper gets you yeah. Whisper of the Worm. Zero Hour gets you... Uh, Outbreak Perfected, both of which have had weird histories in the game gun-wise. The Tribute Hall, a activity again from the Season of Opulence that's going to the vault. It's... Yeah. And the Prophecy Dungeon, although it's coming back allegedly sometime during the next season as well. That one makes sense from a narrative standpoint. I will need some probably reworking in that car, uh, that category. But, yeah. Raids. Uh, Leviathan, Eater of Worlds, Spire of Stars... Um, Crown of Sorrow, because those are all Leviathan raids are going away, so get through them while you can. And Scourge of the Past, the uh, Black Armory-based, or Black Armory season raid. They're all going. And this one's probably the most concerning one, because there's not been exactly a, a plan outlined of how you'll get these back. There's some exotic quests going into the vault, and they are Relics of the Golden Age, uh, Sight, Shoot, Repeat, Rat King's Crew, Legend of Acrius, Nodes and Protocols, Nascent Dawn, Cade's Will, The Cleansing, A Butterfly's Grace, A Giant's Might, Mysterious Box, sorry, Mysterious Box, The Essence, Bearer of Evil's Past, A Scrap of Paper, and The Other Side. This doesn't seem like a big deal because Alos is kind of names for things. These are all tied to their various locational activities or location-based kind of kickoffs or things required to get these things done going away along with these, a bunch of catalysts are temporarily entering the vault, so it's not clear. If you have them already, you're fine. And if it's kind of just a shoot-stuff-in-the-face-based thing, you're fine. If it's more nuanced on how you get that catalyst done, that may be a problem, so focused on that. So that is a big chunk of the game. Like, let's put it in the kind of the smallest summary. Mercury, Mars, Titan, and Io, and the Leviathan, that's... Depending how you look on it, like location-wise at least, potentially half of the game, I guess it's worth noting as part of this, even if the planet... That's over half, yeah. because all you'd have left there is uh, Earth and Nessus No, and you, the moon. you also have uh, the Moon, uh, Broken Shore, Dreaming City, and you'll have Europa, so you'll, you're back up to six locations. Okay, those are... Yeah, okay, so... But that's... I mean, it's a lot of planets, and a lot of and the you know, and whatever was linked with those planets, basically. But it seems like I don't know. Uh, and this is my problem: Bungie's real reactionary because they are shit at making future plans. Holy shit, they are real bad about laying out what they're going to do, you know, over the next month, let alone over the next couple of years. And I and I think this is emblematic again, emblematic of that in that it's like. They should have been slowly, you know, vaulting this stuff in the first place. Instead of like, we're just going to just cut it 
about a third of the game, or like over, like it feels like half of the game's getting cut out. Y- yeah, but and I this one's a all weird. At once. What I'm saying is, it's being done all at the same time when they could have been all along phasing stuff out slowly. Like, hey, that thing that happened, you know, was two seasons ago. We're phasing that out instead of, oh shit, we have too much content now. We're gonna let's just cut it all out at once. And that seems like, yeah, they had no fucking plans. They don't know what the fuck they're doing from month to month. Well, and so what you're touching on is kind of the big difference between this year and last year. So, uh, we'll call it the Shadow Keep year versus the Forsaken year. The Forsaken year, all of the seasonal activities kind of stayed around. They were just less endgame relevant, I guess. Like there was a chunk of time where Gambit Prime and the Reckoning was the endgame kind of seasonal content of Destiny 2, which not a great season. As much as I love Gambit, like I was not playing during that season, people seemed real pissed off. Like the Forges also were at one point kind of the endgame activity for a season, which is its own set of topics unto itself. And one of the big changes from this year to last year is that this year, when a season's over, its seasonal stuff goes away. Like all its like seasonal activities, some of the stuff hangs around, but not really. When that season's over, that season's over, and whatever you have, you have. And that plays kind of into the idea of you had to be there, which they've been experimenting with some, and I'm not saying that makes it right, but yeah, I, at least we're getting a narrative reason at the end of this season as to why a bunch of these plants are going away, and it's because the darkness is coming, and that causes problems. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, it's worth noting as kind of as part of this, a bunch of the multiplayer maps for Gambit and Crucible, those are hanging around. And we are, it's not a new plant, but we are getting the Cosmodrone back on Earth. And that's a whole other patrol zone, I've, which kind of offsets the sum. Like, we're losing, we're still losing two patrol zones, one and a half, depending on what you think of Mercury, because a lot of people absolutely hate Mercury, myself included. Like, I... Mercury and Titan are not two beloved locations. Io and Mars, a little bit more so. The Leviathan is just a set of kind of, what's the right word, um, instanced off activities. Far yeah. is, why is the far? I just feel it? like it just, yeah, it just, I think it just shows that they honestly don't know what the fuck they're doing from month to month. I, like, they have no plan. They have no plan. I don't agree it, with that, this, but this, I get where you, how you get there. Well, it's like, no, I mean, it's like, they should have been ca- vaulting stuff all along, instead of like, oh shit, we've got way too much stuff now, let's just vault it all at once. Literally all at once, and also cut people off from a lot of exotics, so you're just not going to get that if you start playing too late. So there has been some talk about how you'll get the new exotics, there's, um, I think it was called like a legacy kiosk or something that will get you, you can get the old stuff. Through that, and they've not detailed that off, so I kind of left that off talking about this now. Uh, four of them are gone. Will be gone. Which though. ones? Outbreak perfected, Whisper of the Worm, Worldline Zero, and Legend of Arc Acrius. I think they said you might be able to get those through the um kiosk thing. Still. Nope. Nope. It says specifically here. Oh. No, these are not going to be on the kiosk. At least two. At least one of those guns has been incredibly problematic. But yeah. yeah um. Yeah, whereas Worldline Zero is a sword. No, Worldline Zero is the problem. Hold on, Worldline Zero. Worldline Zero is, is a game-breaking is, item. That's that's the yeah, that's the exotic sword which allows you to kind of teleport. Yeah. Um. People use it to break raids and stuff. Yeah. Um. But I mean, they sh- that means they shouldn't have made it in the first place. I. It's just there again. 
not thinking things through. If people Hello, figured Bungie, out some stuff you could that's do That's what I've known Bungie for all along. Really not thinking shit through. And I mentioned last time, it's like with the fucking blade on Halo, it's like, now you've introduced just a outrageously super powerful weapon. Like, why would you do that? When it's... They just don't think things through. They never think about the future. Or even about the present, it seems like sometimes. They're just like, hey, this sounds like a real cool idea. And then they just do it and like, and then later on, oh shit, that maybe wasn't such an awesome idea. Let's just nerf the hell out of it. Or, oh shit, that was really underpowered. I guess we're going to have to just power some things up. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I mentioned that with the two new swords that they introduced. Like, well, I, yeah, they're reflecting more of the power of swords that existed back in uh, Destiny 1, apparently, but it just shows you that they didn't think that through. The rest of the swords now seem like kind of useless compared to those two swords. Yeah, the, th those swords aren't as good in certain endgame activities as I want them to be either. We did some Master Nightfall stuff this week, and I should have been using I should have been using Phage, not that thing. Hindsight being but in any case... My point is that Bungie doesn't think shit out. They don't think about anything. They're just like, oh, I have a good idea. Let's just do it. And then not thinking about future proofing or even thinking about how things fit into the current like way things are. It's like, it's, it just seems like they, they just don't think about things on any, anything more than a very shallow way extremely shallow way which is why you keep seeing them having to go back and nerf a thing or take something out or change something completely and now it's like oh shit we have way too much stuff right now we should have been vaulting all along so let's just vault it all at the same time i, I think i think you're being a little unfair i think the nerfing and buffing experience is inherent to mmos and no what i'm saying is but to the extent that they've had to do it with Bungie stuff is worse, I, but really, the fact that they're having to vault, like, so much stuff at the same time, yo, you should have been doing this gradually all along. Yeah, but also, like, the, the narrative reason for it, I, I don't disagree, like, this is, like, it's a weird, bittersweet thing, I also know... No, for they created a narrative to give themselves an excuse to vault stuff. Yeah, but they've also done that now before there's a precedent set for this happening in this franchise at this point. Not saying it's a good thing necessarily, but at least there's a reason and not just like, yo, these plants are inaccessible. No, they made up a reason to, to they, they just made up a um, reason. Um, no, they didn't actually. Like, so at least from a lore perspective, that's been in there a lot longer than the, the content vaulting has been. Like, it's. But they're using it as an excuse. It was, it's, it's, they're using a narrative thing as an excuse yes, to, to make up for the fact for something they should have been doing all along if they knew what the fuck they were doing. I'm never going to agree with you on this one just because I think you're being a tad hard on them. Like, it's... Stuff gets removed from what games. Way? What way? Other games manage to vault stuff over time? That's what they're doing. They're vaulting something over time. They're vaulting a lot of stuff all at the same time, I guess. Like it's... No, that's not over time. That's at the same time. That's a completely different concept. They've been technically when you vault stuff slowly. all of the seasonal content this year over time. Like that's... that's what I'm saying. That's the thing that they've done right, is there's a seasonal thing like that, that has been come and gone. But they should have been doing that with all of these planets right, and all now, of these raids and all of these everything. Well, I think it's just... this feeds back into the 
this the ongoing kind of conspiracy thought exercise, whatever it's called, that like whatever this upcoming expansion is was actually supposed to be Destiny Three. Like a lot of what this year has been about has been kind of reactive to the Bungie Activision split, which I stand by is a good thing. I also think like if you were planning on having to have a split anyway because you had to have a new game, you find yourself in this weird situation. Like it. Would we be calling this vaulting if it was just Yo Destiny Three is happening now? Uh, no, we wouldn't. Yeah, I th- but I mean, but there again, like they should just come out with Destiny Three then. There's a lot of reasons not to come out with Destiny Three, like the the loss of weapons. Well, like the Destiny One to Destiny Two. Like I'm not saying there's a good solution in this one either. Like, I'm not trying to say one thing is wrong or right in this instance. Like the the jump from Destiny One to Destiny Two rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the Destiny community. The loss of all our vaulted gear, that was a problem. I think that was handled pretty badly. So I think when you, after the kind of the backlash, like, fuck, I stopped playing Destiny for almost a full year because of Destiny 2 year one kind of thing. Like, that that whole year is a weird topic for Well, a lot I of think that's another, another sign that they don't know what they're doing. No, no, they knew what they were doing in that case. The issue is what they did wasn't what what got me back was they changed the weapon systems back. Like, it's... That was back when they were trying to make kind of the competitive modes of Destiny very... That was back during the weird kind of everything must have an esports ability aspect to it. Like, that which... They at least seem to have moved away from that. Like, you could say maybe Gambit is more esportsable than normal Crucible is, or even Trials is. That That was completely reactive to a whole weird other topic. The double primary era was... A big mistake, but a very intentional decision. That that wasn't they didn't know what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing and just did a bad thing or a thing that people did not like. Well, uh, and I kind of count that as you don't know what you're doing. If you can't make what people like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it was a risk. I like it when game companies take risks. I also like when they don't, but, but sometimes they don't pay off. Like I, people were happy back then. A bunch of my clanmates were happier in Crucible then because it was a better version of Crucible. Like, the, the weapon balancing was less bullshit back then. Like it was a different game than what we have now. And do I like the game now more? Yeah, the old the D2 year one wasn't without its own merits, though, too. Like, it, it had its own thing going on. I didn't like playing it then, but also, like, I've stopped playing lots of other MMO-esque games. Like, Destiny 2 year two was when the game finally was, yeah, we're fucking MMO. We're going to deal with that aspect of things. I, yeah, I... I feel like saying they don't know what they're doing is harsh. I think they're trying to do what they think people want. And also, like, also now working off of, what, almost four-year-old tech? That at one point, like, yeah, that makes it better. But, like, the whole weird development system of Destiny seems to have implied that whatever system they're using to build the game is a nightmare. And that's something they should absolutely fix at some point. But if you're going to keep Destiny 2 going, how do you make that break? Yeah. Yeah. You get id to program your engine, apparently. Is that how it works? Well, I think they should. Maybe. Because apparently, like... Well, I mentioned this before. It's like, Doom Doom 2016 and Doom Internal run on a potato. Yeah. They're so incredibly well programmed for the level of detail you get out of them, which are very detailed games. And just every part of them is extremely detailed. And grant, no, they aren't on... There's online modes. Uh, you know, the, the online multiplayer, so it's then that the network code 
That doesn't have to... I'm talking about the graphics yeah. code. No, I agree. Graphics code for Destiny is not... It is kind of a nightmare. I just watch... I watch... I sit and watch my uh, CPU, my GPU spike at just bizarre times when it makes no sense for it to be doing so because Destiny 2's programming, it just seems like... There again, I don't think they future-proof their programming very well. So that when they have to add something new in, it's kind of just lodged in there in a very, uh, very sh- slipshod way. And yeah, there again, yeah, I mean, with with Doom, you're not worried, you're not thinking about yeah, oh, Doom's we have to not add a new campaigns. Like, it... Yeah, it's not a living game, and in, in per se, but the graphics is just the graphics engine is just done so well. 2016's graphic engine is still stands. That's what they're basically using for Doom Eternal. It's just a slightly upgraded version of that, and it still will run on a potato. I guess the kind of counter-argument I have to that, and we probably should move on eventually from this topic, is what was id doing before Doom 2016? Like, what was the last thing they did? Uh, quite a few things. I, I, that's a joke. I don't know what they were doing prior to that. I mean, other Dooms. Like Doom Three, but th- like, think about how long a gap that was between them. Like that's what, that's what I'm getting at. Like it's they seem to have the luxury of a lot of time in between games and Wolfenstein series. Is that them? It is. Yes, New Order, Old Blood, all those uh, the new Wolfenstein's. That's didn't all. Wolfenstein come out after New Doom though. No. Uh, when did the When did Wolfenstein the New Order come out? They're like 2012, 2014 or something. Uh, there's, uh, that's they've been yeah. pretty busy all along. Like, Quake also... And that's Machine Games, id. that's not id, technically. No, that's id. No, that's Machine Games, they're using the id tech engine. Uh, no, it's pretty much id. What do you mean in Machine Tech? No, that's id. No, Machine Games is the developer for Wolfenstein The New Order. Id did not make that game, they made the engine. Uh... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they did the engine for that, but still, they made the engine for it. Right, but, but they're an engine-focused they're, they're engine company at that point. Like, I, I'm not trying to but say... But they've also, also, all the Quake games, I, all as well. Rage as well. Um, when did Rage I mean, come out, dude? There's a lot of, they have a lot of games that they've come out with. There's, there's quite a few games. Yeah, they, I'm not saying they don't have a history of them, but, like, they're not a game-focused company necessarily anymore. They're a engine-based company. Nothing wrong with that, but like they—that's their focus. But I mean, then what I'm saying is, well, how many games does Bungie come out or come out with? They've had two live-service games that've been running back to back for the last, got five years, six years almost at this point. So that's not that many games. No, but they've then. technically had to maintain a game constantly since its inception. Like there was no year. Like, there have been time gaps, but not like. I'm I'm not trying to say like it doesn't do stuff. I'm just saying they have a much larger gaps in their repertoire of games to focus on do engines they, and though? stuff. Do they though? Yeah. Uh, there's seven versions of the of the of the id engine. Yeah, they're, they're, id tech they're, engine. They're focusing on one thing. They're building one engine. That's their profession at that point. Well, not... I mean, but that. The same as making a game. You think making an engine is a small it's undertaking? different. But they've made games in that time, too. Yeah, but also, like, not as many and not 
all of them were very good. Like I think I think the gap is Rage to Doom 2016. Uh, there were Quake games in between then too. Were there Quake games? Yeah, but they were pretty involved with creating Wolfenstein too. Like machine games, sure, yeah, but there was also a lot of help from it with making those games too. But I would argue that Bungie actually has made like almost no games. I they've had a live game. That's that's not fair to a company to work on a live game constantly, dude. I we're allowed to have different opinions on this one. I, I just think you're being a tad unfair saying, Oh, they've made one game in the last three years. It's like, yes, that's technically true, but also wow, uh, what's the like Blizzard has made what, two games in the last twenty years? Yeah. Um well, they've made a bit more than that because that's a Diablo series as well. Um, and uh, a couple of others, but in Warcraft series and the Starcraft series, and they're, they're, but they're a larger company, too. Yeah. See, that's why I'm comparing them more to id. Id is a similarly sized company to Bungie. It's also owned by Bethesda, though, too. Like, it's part of a larger thing. Well, so are most companies. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of companies that are technically subsidiaries, but it doesn't take orders from Bethesda. Otherwise, maybe Bethesda would be using more of its technology. I would love to see a Morrowind game made, or a Elder Scrolls game, I guess, what they're technically called, on a better engine than what that thing is. That's a whole other weird topic to go into of, you have this better engine, why aren't you using it? Yeah. And it's not just good, it's stupidly good because uh, John Carmack is the type of programmer who is like you're not programming for 120 hours a week what's wrong with you you should be programming 120 hours a week but uh <laughs> he's kind of on the other end of the spectrum of of sort of like how hard should you need to work John Carmack is like you should only work <laughs> that's your life but yeah I don't know um I think, I don't know, I think Bungie just seems directionless. I think they don't know what they're doing until two months away from doing it. I don't see a whole lot of thought about any sort of future-proofing or any thought of the future. I think they make a lot of very reactionary moves. I think this is a reactionary move to them not doing Destiny 3. Yeah, I think you... I guess we view reactionary as bad and on different topics. I think you have to be reactionary. Like you don't get that. Whether they wanted to or not, up until relatively recently, in kind of the grand spectrum of their history, they were part of a larger company, and now they're not. I think they have benefited from that freedom to kind of do some stuff, but like that created some results in the Eververse. Right? They're an independent game studio now. They have to kind of get money where they can. And like, don't get me wrong, I do not like the Eververse store, but. I can't necessarily kind of fault them for going, yo, we have to monetize certain aspects of this game a little bit more heavily so we can keep the rest of this game going. Like, turns out server space ain't cheap. Yeah. I mean, I understand, but I'm just, I just feel like looking at, in comparison to other companies, like, I feel like that they are as bad as many other companies as far as, like, thinking about what they're going to do from moment to moment. Sure, I guess. Like, I'm also not sure, like, how much... 
in the weirdest way possible, I'm not sure like what games you can compare Destiny to that aren't like Fortnite and WoW at this point. There's not a ton of seasonal kind of content based games out there that aren't just like yeah, I, I guess Apex falls in that category. We have a season pass and they change the map every once in a while, but it's like we're changing one map and we got one game mode or two game modes as opposed to you're ignoring the fact that there's tons of MMOs that exist. But they're not doing seasonal content in the same way. Like they're doing some overlays and they're like they're they're functionally different games too. Like they're often kind of tab and spell games, which I'm assuming is a little bit easier to make work. I don't know, they, most MMOs do seasonal content. Every MMO I've ever played does seasonal content. I'm trying to think of how it's, long those seasons it, are even. Uh they're around there's four a year. And then events, special yeah. events, but like Terra has a shit ton of seasons. Well, I guess how different content. is each season from from like previous versions of that season? I guess um, a lot of stuff cycles in and out. So that's back to my point of stuff cycling in and out. Like the the content stuff's yeah. gone; it will cycle back in at some point. I'm willing to bet. Like, but also, if Mercury never comes back, I'm not going to care. But they already kind of had a plan for doing that from the beginning. Is that? They, you know, these MMOs that I'm talking about were built with the idea that we're there's going to be new dungeons and then old dungeons cycling out. There's going to be new content. We're going to have new stories lines happening, a continual storyline happening. Like Terra has a continuing storyline as well, so there is new stuff coming in all the time. Sure. And so, but I feel like that with Destiny 2, they weren't sure if they wanted to do that or not. It just feels like. They they were indecisive, kind of on like how far they're going to lean into the idea of being an MMO with seasonal content or not. And that is a kind of the, last of, year and a half change, I think. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's like, it's it's they're keep trying to dance the line between being a season, a finished product versus a a ongoing product. And I think that now they're finally starting to lean into it. The problem is. It's kind of very suddenly it feels like they're deciding to fully lean into being a ongoing thing rather than a finished product type of a thing. Sure, but I also think like even the concept of games as a service is outside of just a pure MMO, a relatively kind of new concept. Like there there's ground being blazed for better or worse in a variety of game genres that didn't have to have MMO style content previously and now that's the expectation of these types of things, and figuring that whole thing out outside of a pure MMO is a little bit different kind of thing. I, there's a learning I curve know. to it. I don't think there's... I mean, they're vaulting and doing things like that exactly like an MMO yeah. would do. Just that they're making the decision to do that kind of very all at once instead of kind of over time, over a period, longer period of time. Yeah. Like, it's not the vaulting of the things that bothers me, it's the fact that they weren't just vaulting all along with a larger plan, think of, you know, like an MMO does, where we just know that you, there, there's going to be dungeons and raids that are going to be gone for a while, and then maybe cycle back later on when a new season rolls around. No, sure, and I think that's what you'll see moving forward. That's what they said they're going to do moving forward. Like, that's that's the new norm, but I don't think, the game was not made to do that from the start, and that is the big change, but I also argue that is that's being reactionary, but it's being reactionary, where it's like, no, no, this makes the game work better. Like, that, that game's code is spaghetti at this point. That's a whole other... Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's it's a bad thing yeah. that they're vaulting. 
I'm just saying that they probably should have planned on that in the first place. Yeah. If they're planning on making an ongoing game at all, you have to plan for the idea of vaulting stuff to begin with. And the fact that the, there will be seasonal content that's only available for a period of time and then it's gone until maybe the next similar season rolls around. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think they're now finally leaning into the MMO thing, but it's just like, I think what they're vault doing the vaulting with the vaulting now, they should have been doing it over the next three seasons instead of all in one season. That's my argument. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't mind it being vaulted as much as it is, but also it's kind of the, the stuff they're taking away is not stuff that I will personally miss or that like the rest of my clan is sitting there going, oh man, they're taking X. Like The ones we're sad about are Whisper and Zero Hour, and it's also a, if we cared more about Zero Hour, we'd be doing Zero Hour right now. Mercury's I think going it's, away. Eh. I think it's really weird for new players coming in. Like, I'm a relatively new player, yeah. and I'm just like, stuff that I've hardly gotten a chance to even tap is just going to be gone. Like, all at once, yeah. instead of, like, slowly over the course of the next three seasons, is what I'm saying. It's like, it wouldn't feel such a huge loss, especially for new players. It feels, you know, segmented out over the next year or something. It's like, all right, over the next year, we're going to be phasing these things out. Expect a certain amount of stuff to be gone every season. Um, and we're going to be doing that continuing forward. Instead of, it just seems like they're clearing out all, the entire closet because they need to put new stuff in there, but they're doing it all at once. Instead of, yeah, like I said, for somebody like me that's relatively new in the game, it's like, there's no A, there's no way I'll be able to. I mean, unless I just start putting in, like, full-time job into playing the game, I won't be able to get all... I, there's no way I could get moments of Triumph done. Like, there's zero way I'll be able to get that done. Like, unless I literally made Destiny my new full-time job, and I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to think of if you could actually get that done between now and November, and the answer is yeah, but it would be a pain. Like, I, it's... Yeah, I... I cannot talk as a new player. I'm not, I've not been a new player of Destiny in a long time. The new player experience has always been a topic of it seems real bad. Which yeah, but I, I'm just thinking, I, I feel like people getting into it now will just feel like, like especially if they got into it like now. Oh yeah, no, this is a real weird time to be getting into that game, but also Arrivals yeah, is you, It's like a whole, whole lot of stuff they might have wanted to do is just going to be gone in like a few months. And it's just like, well... What? And and then people, you know, it'll be a little bit different for people that are started that might be starting with a new light, where their experience will be more of a, a brand new thing. It's just a brand new thing for them, and they won't have the they won't have the feeling of loss because they never knew those things to begin sure, with. Sure, yeah, but that's also kind of joining an MMO four years into its life cycle too. It's like, why does any of this matter? Yeah, but I mean. It, like I didn't like right hopping. I didn't hop into Terra as soon as it yeah. came out. I didn't feel like I missed out on anything either, really. Even though there were seasonal content that I've and dungeons that I've obviously missed at one point or another, but it never felt like I was hopping in. Well, and that may be a. And then all of a sudden, everything's gone. Everything that I knew about the game is just gone. Well, and I think that maybe is an aspect of that's that's design philosophy at that point that maybe you personally don't like. But Bungie has been very clear; they've always been going for a 
you had to be there mindset for a bunch of this stuff, which, yeah, if, if it's a, I don't like this approach, that's a, that's a totally different conversation. At that oh point. yeah, they're going with fear of missing out, yeah. and I've always thought fear of missing out is a shit way to, shit way to design things. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think, uh, I don't agree with that design philosophy at all. But with MMOs, you get used to it. But it, the problem here is, is like, it's just, everything's going to be gone. Just like, for me, it's like, just now really getting, I did my first raid, yeah. very first raid, period, the other day. And so, I mean, and then all this, but you know, a bunch of stuff's going to be gone, and most of it I'll probably not even have a chance to have done or played or whatever. It's just, it's real weird have that happen yeah. and i play other mmos and those never felt like this never i never felt like with their new expansion that was all of a sudden everything like was that i knew was going to be gone all like very suddenly with every new new thing that happened in Terra, it's just like oh here's some new stuff and some old stuff is cycling out and that's just expected it's one but that happens when you plan for an mmo to have an mmo they plan it for it to be in MMO. And I feel like they they danced around on that and they're finally leaning into it, but it's like ah, yeah, it just feels rushed. Very rushed. Yeah. We should move on. We've got a couple of things we still gotta get through before we get this thing closed out, I suppose. We've definitely yep. probably talked ourselves out on this one. Uh let's do a quick update on the Epic versus Apple kind of ongoing lawsuit. Not a ton of really new facts out of that, except that now Apple is alleging, or not that they're alleging, they're flat out saying that Epic was asking for special treatment, I guess, on the payment topic prior to this whole thing blowing up, so that's their defense against the lawsuit against them. I, it just seems to get increasingly dumber and messier by the second in some ways. More importantly, though, um, Apple is blocking apparently all Unreal Engine development tools for the platform. Which means that they're not just punishing Epic, they're punishing anybody who uses the Unreal Engine to make games that are that would be on the you know on iOS or on any Apple thing. So that now you know includes games developed for the Mac. Yeah, so that's kind of where my question or lies that, for this. Like, there are there's a lot of you know games that actually have crossplay or not, or like on Steam, for instance. You Unreal Engine games exist on Steam, and a lot of Steam games are you know Mac and PC playable. Like you can like it's available when you buy one, you buy both. Well, those games are about to stop working on Macs, so that's real weird. Yeah, it's yeah. I feel like that's kind of a kind of a real mm, uh you know. Uh, I'm not talking about whether it's right or wrong, you know, about the case itself or like the claims and case for either side here, but that's a real bad look. Yeah, like it, it definitely seems like it's a salted earth kind of purge tactic almost, where it's like, it's like we're not just kicking you off, we're kicking anyone off who uses your thing. Uh, you understand, most of our money for a long time came from our engine, right? Like one of the most widely used engines in the entire gaming industry. Yeah. Part of me almost wonders if Apple knew that when they kind of started making these things, when they made this stance. And also part of me wonders how many games on the Apple Store are actually running on Epic. On Unreal Engine. Yeah, sorry, Unreal, yeah. 
possibly a lot because that's the thing it's like all right i'll say this as a developer like a unity and unreal engine one of the really cool things about both of those is it's really easy to port those like real like compared to before there's still weird things you have to think about when you're uh making a game designing a game but for the most part you can make a cross-platform game you make it once you don't have to write it three times or five times or whatever you make it once and you can port to all the other platforms like if i make something on unity or unreal engine like i can automatically just build, make a build for any platform that i have the license that i have a developer license for and so that's why Unreal Engine is used in an awful lot of things. Same with Unity, because it is, especially for phone games, even for phone games, for both Unreal Engine and Unity. So I think Unity might be more common for phone games, but in any case... Yeah, I have no idea what the platform offer... choice for phone games is. I always assume there was like a third or app interface engine out there. Um, and Unity is more common. Um, but... And not that Unreal Engine isn't uncommon, just because it's so ubiquitous in the sphere. Like I said, where it's really easy to to make a build, like for both Android and iOS using Unreal Engine. Same for you know, uh, same for Unity. It's very easy, relatively speaking, to make a build for both iOS and Android. So, yeah, I, you know, uh, there again, not talking about the merits of the case or whatever their claims or arguments are but i think it's a really terrible look for apple to say actually we're going to punish anybody who uses the technology in general not just fortnite them banning fortnite okay because fortnite broke the rules whatever them punishing everybody who uses the engine it's using that's i think that's going to backfire personally Oh, yeah, no, this uh, definitely takes it from... <sighs> this puts... So we talked about this kind of some briefly the other week of the kind of antitrust category, where it's now expanded between two companies fighting to one company, dragging a bunch of people that don't necessarily care about this under the bus with the other kind of major combatant they're going up against at that point. Like, this is... You want to piss off, like, not gamers, but kind of the entire game development community. This is how this is how you do it, kind of thing. And on top of that, you have okay. What are the other options? Actually, there's not that many game engines out there. There's always make one yourself, but like that's hard and takes a lot of time and money. And yeah, I, especially with Apple doing this whole Apple Arcade thing they're trying to push these days, this seems like a real bad idea on their part. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, this is Apple ramping it up, and I don't, this was unnecessary, I feel like, really unnecessary. It, it almost feels like Apple doesn't, like, I, I've said this already, it feels like Apple doesn't know what you use the Epic game engine for. Like, they're like, oh, it's made by Epic, it's their engine, obviously. Like it's It's almost like someone didn't take the time to Google, yeah, the Epic game engine is used by a shit ton of companies. Yeah, Unreal Engine is ubiquitous. Yeah. Like, loads of companies use the Unreal Engine. Like, for a chunk of time, it was the only major engine out there you could buy commercially. Yeah, as far as being available yeah. outside of the company. Yeah. There wasn't that many. Like, honestly, I mean, it's it what, it's one it, of the Unity few. at this point? I mean, Unity is the other major yeah. one. As far as being 
they're again available to the yeah. general public. Um, That's what I meant by commercially available. Yeah, like it's it's one that you yeah. can just whereas buy. like it'd be like for me to use, for example, ID's engine would be not. It's not not the same thing. It's not it's not the same type of access that's available there. It's a lot more expensive. They don't really necessarily want you using it. That's a whole separate topic. Well, I mean, you know, we've already talked about Wolfenstein uses. Well, my, my point being, like, it's it wants to control who uses it. So they have kind of a better relationship. They want to make it's it's not necessarily interested in you using it to make mobile games. Yeah, or putting in the work to make it work for mobile games necessarily. Yeah, I like. Yeah, like I think saying. Apple's. I think this is a mistake by Apple. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're like I. We're. I'm not taking sides here, as far as like Epic versus Apple. I'm saying Apple punishing everybody that uses the Unreal in, uses Unreal Engine. It seems like a real asshole move. Oh yeah, no, it, it's like I was saying, and totally unnecessary. Yeah, they, they've taken it from two megacorps kind of duking it out to two megacorps duping it out, but rather than going necessarily directly after the other the opposition, they've chosen to like tear gas the town next to the megacorp. That's like, um, we're just here. Yeah. Yeah. Last but not least, we have a bit of lighthearted what the fuck were you thinking slash cringe on E3's Twitter account. Uh, we kind of talked about this some um, offline before, kind of because we talked about stuff outside the podcast, but there was an article written by, God, what website was it now? Um, Parade. Parade. Parade who, Magazine. I don't know much about Parade, but based on the quick looking around I did, maybe they shouldn't write about video games ever. Yeah, thought doesn't seem to be kind of what they're all about, but I could be wrong. So they wrote an article that was essentially a list of games, women or female gamers, women gamers, whatever the correct term is at this point, that people play. And if you could have made a more sexist, condescending list that wasn't just like Barbie Dream Adventure one through thirteen listed, I'm not sure you could have. Yeah, it was real insulting to like. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just full of terrible assumptions, and Parade deleted the article, too, ultimately, it's, after the kind of... The chain of events for this back. were fantastic, where Alex, I'm not sure if he loaded you to this, but he loaded me to this. I tried following the Twitter link, the Twitter link didn't work, had to track down the article, you could find the article was listed, but then it redirected you to a totally separate article, and I'm like, ah, oh, what yep. the fuck? And now it doesn't direct you anywhere. Yeah. Now it just goes to the main page. So they've they've kind of scrubbed all instances of it <laughs> as much as they can anyway. It's kind of amazing. In like the worst way possible, but like it's like holy fuck, how did this Yeah. And like we're not saying the games on the list were necessarily bad, but to give you a example of what some of the items on this list you have Animal Crossing New Horizon, a good game. But that's also mixed up with, like, Sims 4. So you have a bit of a theme going on with this. Um, Kim Kardashian, Hollywood Adventure. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just weird that... It was really, this happened in the 70s. 
when they started to like really lean hard into marketing games at boys instead of like as far as younger like younger you know boys as opposed to girls they leaned real fucking hard into that for some reason in the 70s and the 80s and and we're kind of reaping the rewards of that fuckery. Um, but, yeah, it's... And because of that, we there's just, like, girls only like casual gaming. Because girls, I guess. But you know what? A, a lot of guys also like casual gaming. And a lot of girls that are into video games... Like, a lot of women that are in video games enjoy some hardcore video games, too. Like, loot shooters and such. I mean, yeah, I... it's 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 a really dumb stereotype to make. Yeah, it, this one was... This isn't just it hasn't been helped by marketing, but... This was just a bad list of games, period. It was yeah, it wasn't that the games on it were bad. It was just, like, there's a whole lot of, like games on it that were just like obviously trying to go for the well you know women don't like hardcore games haha is like yeah, yeah. what no the, the list was bad enough i'm like okay is this the hard times or something like it read like it was a fake list of things where it's like oh this is this is like like a bad attempt at like a satire article it's like no this is an actual someone got paid to do this for reals Honest to God, this is a list you made of video games list, isn't it? Yeah. I don't normally say this, but Fraid, maybe stay in your lane. I don't know what your lane yeah. is, but it's not game reporting. Yeah. They're, they're, it's an entertainment magazine. Uh, but, you know, whatever. But, yeah, don't... Don't... Yeah, but in any case, E3's official account decided it would be a great idea tweet this article and that's maybe the most kind of baffling part of this whole thing where it's a e3 what the fuck are you doing retweeting parade yeah. on the anniversary of the women's suffrage movement like every part of this was like oh what yeah the that's fuck? right that's the other part of it that was really like what uh i, I like oh that that doesn't remind me that that reminds me of why this tweet exists as a response, what in the Susan B. fucked any? <laughs> uh, Susan B. Anthony being uh, one of the more famous uh, of the suffrage movement, of the women's suffrage movement. But yeah, Solitaire was on the list apparently too. Yeah, by the I, way, so I, I'm now on the parade website trying to find their video game section. And it's not there. Like I, I generally don't know what part of their site this is linked into. I, it's, uh, I, seeing as how I, I mean that's like solitaire. I play solitaire sometimes. Um, usually it's a free cell or a spider, but it's, uh, it doesn't help. It doesn't help with the whole kind of, you know rampant sexism that's been happening in in gaming industry since like i said around the late 70s early 80s yeah. when they just decided to really lean hard into really advertising stuff not you know for, for young boys love girls I mean, the 90s went really hard 
into that one too. Like '90s games, uh, they're a thing. The uh, '90s era video games was definitely a thing, and now we're, yeah, still dealing with the uh, aftermath. I really love the fact that I'm now trying to Google Parade in video games, and I'm getting advertisements for like Luminosity. Like it's <laughs> do what you want as a publishing thing to stay alive, but like I'm just kind of amazed that like if you Google Parade in video games, you get this like bizarre like the, the most recent article according to their web, according to the kind of quick googling, is from like 2018. Was the last time they wrote about video games? So like, I, my my only takeaway on this one is like you, you successfully like like okay, what are the kids into now? Video games. Let's make the worst take on this possible. Yeah. Uh, yep. E three. Why did you wade into this mess? You you didn't have to. You didn't have to write a tweet. You really didn't. It's like, did you even read this, or like, did you take like, do your due diligence next time? Like, in this, like, when we start off this week, before we go into this, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be kind of the big controversial one this week. Nah, Rocksteady wouldn't be outdone. Like, it's we've somehow managed to move this thing that should have been like a fun controversy for us to make fun of to like, it seems kind of just dumb compared to some of the other shit that happened again. Yep. Yeah, like between the epic Apple fight and. Rocksteady's ongoing investigation. It's like, can we just get one week where we're making fun of video games for being dumb again? Yeah, instead of being, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sick of the fact that that we're still that that we're having to have even have to mention the rampant sexism that. You know, I, I, you know, I want it to be, my, my point is, I wish it didn't have to be news. Yeah. I wish that it was just dealt with. I wish that, that we didn't have to talk about, What's the, you know, the every terrible week news. aspect of it, too. But, you know, we kind of... That does it for news. We're already running long, so we're going to save emails for next week, I think, if we're ready to move on. We only got one this week. Uh, not that we don't love you, it's that we already have a long-ass podcast recorded, and... Yeah. My throat yep. hurts. <laughs> uh, but if you want to send us an email, send us it at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down in the show notes. Uh, yeah, send them in. I, we talked about it a lot this week. That's maybe worth talking about more. Uh, if you got questions or whatever, fire yep. away at us. Yep. And I think, yeah, we should definitely save an email for when Alex is here, too. Yeah, so. I, I think this is an email forward, Alex, or email he will appreciate i suspect let me double check could be misremembering yes this is definitely one i'll have an opinion on <laughs> oh good as our, I'm looking uh, forward as to our next resident week, blizzard then. expert ah well yeah send in your emails wickedawesomecast.gmail.com no notes etc etc anything you want to talk about before we close this out or nah no not really i mean i'm on social media as Kraken Zero, that's Z-E-R Zero, that's Facebook and Instagram only. Yeah. My stream schedule does seem to be uh, Thursday evenings, uh, Pacific time from like, let's say like 6.30, 7 o'clock to whenever I get bored. There'll be less Destiny stuff for the short term, I think, because I'm kind of mopping up Destiny stuff to do. 
They start doing trials on Saturday for a little while. I don't fucking know. It's Thursday, Saturdays. Saturday morning specific time starting around like 10 or 11 and 6 or 7-ish on Thursdays. Maybe earlier depending on what my clan's up to. But yeah, go check it out. Stream, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm Mordak on everything to do with M-O-R-D. Okay. I think that does it though. You want to close this out? Cue the metal. Yeah.